Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 of Death. <laughs> How come I never do that before? <laughs> I think we know I don't know. Why. <laughs> just <laughs> found out. <laughs> we, we now know why. We were just talking about um, some, some business matters, and we were like, oh, you know, the death should have some type of influence on the show, and we're all so happy and go lucky, and then we kill each other to death. When did we talk about that? Uh, a minute ago. <laughs> you were in the room. You were a part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember? <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I, I just I just don't want to reveal what we were talking about. I'm just trying to beat around the bush of death. <laughs> Why does it sound like you have a talk box? I don't have a talk box. It's just this little button that I push. And when I push it, it goes death. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm here with Dooley. Hi. I'm here with DJ. Hey. I'm here with BWK. Hey. And death. Ooh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's me, death. <laughs> I might remember me from Bill and Ted's bogus uh, journey. Yeah. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I had an energy drink very uh, not too long ago, so I'm like really wired, and I might be a bit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm high on crack cocaine. When I came in, into the house today, um, or into the studio, I should say. <laughs> yeah, we record in the studio, not my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when I came in, he was screaming. Um, <laughs> who sings that song? I don't know, but it goes James Blunt. James Blunt. Yeah, you're beautiful. <laughs> I could you're hear it beautiful. from outside <laughs> while while ferociously cleaning the bathroom with a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, the bathroom looks great, and I am a dead ringer for James Blunt. <laughs> so, uh, but here on the top five of death, this is what happens on the show uh, normally. It's a lot of. Uh, uh, riffraff and banter at the beginning, <laughs> and then I explain the show, which I'm going to do now. Uh, every week we have a top five list that we uh, can be on anything, and then each host gives their uh, top five list, as aforementioned. And uh, then the lists go up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash top five of death for people to vote on. Uh, there is a winner announced the next on next week's show. The winner then writes a short story or a bit about how the other host died using subject matter from the previous episode. Um... Last week was top... Uh, oh, no, we tried something new. Which, you know, I don't think a lot of people commented on the new aspect. So last week we tried this thing where we did um, uh, Super Nintendo versus Sega. Uh, it was like a versus thing where because we each, you know, pick five, we were allowed to pick from either system. And then whoever had more uh, votes uh, won. So then Super Nintendo won. Won by a long shot. Yes, it won by as much as I expected it to. It was 15 to 5. It was such a clean... Concise victory. <laughs> it was a landslide. Yeah, uh, I wish somebody. I wish Super Nintendo was a. Uh, I wish somebody could could write a death for Sega from Super <laughs> Nintendo's point of view. Uh, listeners, uh, write a death for the console Sega Genesis, written from the point of view of Super Nintendo. That's a Ooh. good task. Yeah, that'd be great. And if you do it, we'll read it on the show. Um, but speaking of the show, uh, let's just uh, let's just <laughs> give a little check in, Dooley. How uh, how are you? I'm great. G- anything new happening? Um, yes. Oh, I'm intrigued. I was not. I. Oh, no, I got into a bike accident. <laughs> you are. A couple of days ago, and I scraped my knee. You got a boo boo? Yeah, I got a boo boo. No, no. <laughs> I, I crashed into a curb. <laughs> <laughs> and then I flipped over my handles. What and are you, five? Yeah, I felt like I was on my big wheel. And I fell, I scraped my knee, I scraped my hands, and my first reaction wasn't, am I okay, is my bike okay? My first reaction was, look around and see who witnessed this, because I look like a fucking asshole. Oh. Of course, I understand that. Yeah. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Oh. You guys get it. DJ, uh, check in. What's, uh, what's going on with the Deej? Oh, nothing. I'm fine. Wow. Such yeah. an exciting <laughs> life you lead. Thanks. Um, <laughs> that was really nice of him to say that. Very sincere. BWK, you uh, recently got robbed. 
<laughs> uh, no, actually, I, the, the sort of the opposite happened to me. <laughs> you robbed somebody? No. Uh, You're a thief. This, this really weird thing happened where I went online and I was buying headphones, and I was buying like five pairs of headphones. And uh, <laughs> Are they edible? Nope. <laughs> nope, just regular of all earbuds. All the ears you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought like, oh, I'll just buy five, you know, and then I'll have some for whenever these break. Can you rate the headphones one to five for the top five of death? Yeah, they're ones. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> he bought five ones. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the uh, the the package. So when I went to go check out, it was like, oh, we're gonna double your offer for free. And that I was, was like, nice of them. Yeah, you got like, ten pairs of headphones. So I was like, oh my god, ten pairs of headphones. I definitely don't need this many. Uh, and then are you growing ears on rats? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I guess I do need that many. And I definitely need to listen to music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, the box arrives at my house and it's huge. This gigantic <laughs> box. I'm like, what the heck is this? I opened it up. There was a hundred pairs of headphones in there. <laughs> And, uh, how much did you pay <laughs> like 15 bucks <laughs> so i was like something's wrong so i went to the website and it wasn't five pairs of headphones for 15 bucks it was 50 pairs and then they doubled my offer <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah but they're like really bad headphones how bad are they they're ones <laughs> i hope i hope they make a uh, i hope you keep them and i hope they make an appearance at the uh, christmas party hey if you write in your address i'll mail mail you one of them i can't believe you have a hundred pair are they earbuds they're earbuds yeah all right that's right <laughs> how, so how many are you keeping 200 <laughs> I'm, I'm ordering he's, more <laughs> they they offered to double his his, his purchase i was going to uh, say no, i don't know five all right so to the <laughs> listen <laughs> send us your address. We'll send you a pair of BWK's headphones, but only in th- only while supplies last. So <laughs> they're I'm, going quick. They're going quickly. Um, great. We're having a fun time. Energy's high. I'm hopped up on caffeine. I'll probably crash in the middle of the show, and you won't hear from me for the second <laughs> half. Um, but I won last week. You did. And what was last? I know we already talked about last week. So. No, go ahead. Talk about it again. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to kill time while I swallow this gummy worm. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I won, so uh, it is my turn to deal out the deaths. I will deal out the deaths. With my, Somebody commented on my list the other day, and I got real self-conscious about it. I was like, oh, yeah, great, right, having fun. What, what do you mean? Uh, yeah. in the, uh, when we missed the episode... Um, and when we put the, uh, we, were, we didn't put one up for a little while, and then we finally put one up, and someone was like, "Oh, Matt, I missed your whispering lisp," and I was like, ah. <laughs> "Lisp? Yeah, I have I've, a lisp. I've never noticed it. Sometimes it's a lot more prevalent than others. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably going to show itself a lot more. It's adorable. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, I, 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 I don't hate it. I'm not mad at that person at all. I just, it just makes me a little self-conscious. I miss your lisp. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? The man. There the wasn't man. anybody in this room. <laughs> The man. <laughs> uh, all right, so I will deal out the deaths. Okay, so here we go. So last week it was uh, Super Nintendo versus Sega. So here we go. There's a lot of writing on this page. Yeah. Um, so I'll get through it as quickly as possible. Printed page, by the way. Printed. Well, half printed because I... Uh, <laughs> That's right, some of it's handwritten. <laughs> I ran out of time at work um, because I had to go to jail today. And I only had a few minutes at my desk. So here we go. <clears throat> You're just going to slide by that. I yep. have to go to jail. Thing. I'm not even saying a word about it. Yeah. Don't, Who no, cares? No one worry about it. Strap <laughs> yourselves in for this eventual two and a half hour episode of the Top 5 of Death. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to blast through it. Here we go. All right. So upon leaving last week's ep- uh, recording of the Top 5 of Death, Dooley, DJ, and BWK were met outside by a strange and creepy man. You like video games? The man asked. How would you like to live within all of your number one video game picks? <laughs> BWK replied. 
CWK replied, how did you know what the topic was? We literally just finished recording. Shut up, the man said. You want in or not? I ain't got all day. The trio looked at each other and all agreed that this would be an, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The man took out a device, hit a button, and bam, the three were teleported to their respected number one picks. Wow. Mm. BWK found himself on the opening level of Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, no. Wow. I was, just a pe- I was just appeasing the weird guy, but I didn't think I would actually end up in this video game. Just then, something was looming toward him. It was a zombie. Oh, shit. Is this real? Why did I choose this game as my number one? <laughs> it was too, Sounds just like It me. was too late. The zombie got closer. And then BWK realized, the spears. I can throw spears. Mm-hmm. Take this, you damn dirty zombie, BWK said as he hurled a spear as hard as he could. Mm-hmm. It landed just a few feet in front of him. <laughs> BWK forgot. Just a few feet. That's where I'd expect it to land. <laughs> BWK forgot he can't throw and has absolutely no real athletic ability. <laughs> the zombie lunged at BWK, tore off his armor, and ate his intestines while BWK regretted not going to baseball camp as a child. <laughs> Ouch. In another game, Dooley was having the time of his life, petting all the cute animals and hanging out in the world of Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, yeah. This is great, he thought. But hey, where is Sonic and Knuckles? Then all of a sudden, something was coming down from the sky. It was Tails. (laughs) And he was high on PCP. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's odd. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be a big deal, Tails was shouting. (laughs) Dooley realized that this situation was only going to get worse, so Dooley tried to sprint away. But Tails, Tails was too fast for him. Wow, you're slower than me, Tails <laughs> said to Dooley. <laughs> Suddenly, Tails felt bad for someone that was slower than he was in a world where speed reigned supreme. <laughs> they became fast friends, then walked Ooh, off fast. into the sunset. Then Dooley, being the mindless klutz that he is, <laughs> walked off the cliff and became <laughs> impaled in one of those super sharp and aggressive looking spikes. <laughs> Ouch. DJ <laughs> DJ was also transported, but not to a video game of Super <laughs> Mario World, but to the set of the adult film adaptation, <laughs> Super Mario Bros. The Search for Princess Peach. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, DJ exclaimed. The movie was being funded by fat chick nudie mag proprietor, Huge Heifer. <laughs> <laughs> Huge Heifer walked over to DJ uh, and decided that he needed to be in his film. So, and DJ could not, uh, DJ was very excited to oblige. Wow, I can't believe I'm going to be in a porno. <laughs> he said, yep, you sure are. That sounds like him. So, so DJ sat and waited for uh, his, uh, his uh, the actress in his scene. <laughs> the actress in the scene was one of uh, uh, Huge Heifer's famous cover models, uh, Spam Anderson. <laughs> so, upon seeing Spam Anderson, DJ looked at Huge and said, uh, sorry, man. Not that I have anything against anything, anyone like of that size, but I'm just not into this. And he said, oh, he's like, oh, uh, he, sorry. He's <laughs> making this up. He's making up. No, I can't read my own handwriting. My own handwriting is really bad. So, <laughs> so then, so then Huge said, listen, I have, <laughs> I have just a woman for you. And it, in came a very uh, beautiful, thin, uh, athletic, attractive woman. DJ spent. <laughs> He's not even looking at the paper. <laughs> <laughs> totally in- no, I, I wrote it. Trust me. You're totally improving the end of this. DJ DJ spent the night. <laughs> 
You're really <laughs> yeah, <on>. right. <laughs> DJ spent the night with the woman and then woke up feeling absolutely terrible the next day. He was so depressed. DJ was walking out and ran into Huge one last time and said, who was that woman that I spent the night with because I feel awful now? And he said, sorry, she rubs off on people. That was Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> DJ became so depressed after sleeping with Marilyn Morose that he uh, killed himself. Okay. <laughs> and that's how everyone died. Can I see the back of that page? Yeah, sure. It's right there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. There's one sentence on the back of that page. <laughs> I could tell what he was like. And then he was like, uh... uh. There's <laughs> probably just notes of people's names. No, the picture drawn of you and Marilyn uh, Morose getting it on. When you're writing out deaths, you never write the phrase, and then he was like, that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, fuck it. <laughs> That's how I write my That was great. Yeah. I was in jail. <laughs> you sure can only does. do so much in jail. That's true. Oh, uh, oh boy. I think they let you write jail, though. Yeah. No, no, not anymore. Not since that guy got killed. Um, yeah. He ruined it for everyone. Yeah, he uh, wrote himself to death. He, he, was, he, was, uh, he, he, wrote his, he wrote his own death in his own autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> killed himself off. Um, this week's episode is uh, Top 5 Movie Moments. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a great one. And before we get into it, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Fanta. Get it on with Fanta. <laughs> Our new sponsor, Fanta. Um, no, uh, a <laughs> um, a podcast that I think you guys should listen to. Uh, Deej. Oh, okay. It's uh, called Deej. Uh, it's a podcast done by our friends uh, Melissa and Megan called But the Opposite of That. Right. It's DJ and BW's K- BWK's friends, not mine. I don't know who these people are. Yeah, and they're really funny. They're two girls just basically talking about their day, and it's so funny. Uh, it's called But the Opposite of That. But with two Ts. Nope. Right? No, no? Just, just one T. Is it, on, is it on iTunes? It is, yeah. yeah. It's all over the place. But the Opposite of That. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Check it out. Okay. Anyway, let's get into our show. Oh, all right. I was just going to chime in wow, with something. Their shows are, are, are shorter shows, right? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. about an hour. You know, yeah. Oh, we fucking just go too long, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, give them a ch- uh, check them out. I will check them out. I haven't listened myself. I have nothing to say about the show, negative or bad. I just want to give BWK a hard time. Negative I, or bad. Those negative are his two choices. <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't listen to the show. <laughs> Anything of that. If you listen to the show, you can't listen to that show. If I find out you listen to it, I'm gonna be bullshit. Well, that was a waste. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Now it's uh, now people get to like rebel against Matt and listen to the show. Oh yeah, I am a father figure. <laughs> but really, they're uh, two of the funniest girls I've ever met, and I love their podcast. And uh, you guys should check it out. Cool, cool. All right, let's start our show. Sure. Go ahead, BWK. You want me to go first? Not it. Okay. Uh, Did we I'm- explain the uh, topic? I will. Okay, since I, I guess I'll go first, right? Uh, so this week's topic is top five movie moments. So it's moments from a- any movie. It doesn't have to be the movie that's particularly good, but it has to be just this memorable moment for you. Like is that, that kind of how you guys wrote your list? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so I need a pen. To write it? I need to write one of them, <laughs> He's yeah. He's got to improv his list yeah. now. Uh, so... I guess I'll go first, and my number five is from the movie Scream, and it's the opening sequence. Ooh, that's a good sequence. That is a really good sequence. We all know how I feel about this movie. Carry on. Yeah, so uh, for people who don't know, there's nobody that doesn't know, right? Scream is a horror movie. Uh, It starts, it's got a very iconic uh, start, uh, beginning, with Drew Barrymore and... um, like basically, it's basically just her and the killer, and the killer calls her and asks her some trivia questions and stalks her, and 
uh, it's just it it is like such an iconic sequence at mm. this at this point. Um, there's so so many horror movies that come after Scream have basically redid this in their own way. Here's a question. Yeah. Uh, so Scream is essentially supposed to be like parodying some like other horror movies, right? Yep. Do you think that that opening scene is parodying that trope of other horror movies? So would it be fair to give credit to Scream for that or other horror movies? Um, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I can't recall a. Do you mean like maybe not like a scene for scene thing, but like the the tw- idea of a big movie star being killed off in the very beginning? Uh, I was thinking more of just a uh, calling a tormenting a woman over the phone in her in a secluded home. I think it, I think it's a it's not a parody. It's it like a. It's more homage. It's more of an homage, yeah. Yeah, so, to when a stranger calls, right? The babysitter, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's been it's been done before, but what I'm saying is that the Scream movie did it in such a way that was it, well. Firstly, something about Scream is that it's one of the first horror movies I like watched as a kid, um, and you know that I watched like basically all the way through because I was always like obsessed with the scary movies, but I was too scared to see any of them, and. Uh, it, I don't know. It just really stuck with me. Um, the scene is so good, though. I mean, do you not think so, Matt? No, I, I, I like the scene. It's a good scene. I, I remember as a kid, um, I was able to buy into that uh, a little bit differently than other horror movies. I mean, I hadn't seen much up until then, but um, when they're on the phone and he asks her like what her favorite scary movie is and they start talking about other scary movies, like I'd never seen that in a movie before where they kind of break the fourth wall and reference other movies in it. Yeah. And I remember oh, yeah. <clears throat> thinking to myself, this is really scary <laughs> because like it, it felt real to me. Yeah. I was too scared to watch that particular scene when I was a kid the first time I watched it. I didn't see the actual you know, entirety of it until a couple years later because I couldn't handle it at the time. Wow. It's actually, like, surprisingly violent. There's this... I mean, not surprisingly, but... And, like, the, <laughs> the violence... I'm you shocked. believe that? <laughs> the violence, like, really holds up in it for a movie that... Uh, a movie that came out so long ago. When did it come out, DJ? Uh, 1996. Yeah, 96. Uh, uh, DJ is a savant of movie release years. Yeah, it's he, insane. It, you can't stop That's him. good because I looked up none of mine. Maybe I'll give you a pop quiz hot shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. But the, so the... Uh, so anyway, the sequence just has her on the phone. Uh, the, she's getting tormented. Uh, she like calls. She's gonna have like her boyfriend show up and and save her, but then her boyfriend's tied up too, and he the oh, the killer he or she I guess right. Mm-hmm. Don't want to spoil that. Yeah. Uh, oh, whatever. I mean, the movie came out in '96, <laughs> uh, but the uh, the killer you know kills her boyfriend and then kills her, and it's like so it's so violent. He, he like guts her and hangs her from a tree, and uh, I don't know. It's a really cool scary sequence, and it's yeah, stayed it's with me forever. Yeah, definitely memorable. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number five. Casey Becker's death sequence in Scream One. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay, uh, my number five is a bit of a tearjerker. It's the uh, it's from the movie Milk, and it is the Harvey Milk vigil at the end of the movie. Wow. Have you guys ever seen Milk? Yeah. What do you think? It's a very very good movie. It's I one only of my favorite s- movies. I only saw the scene where he got uh, when he got killed. Oh. I've I've never seen the movie. Yeah. Beware of spoilers in this episode too. I wanted to say that, yeah. and I totally forgot. Yeah. But th- I mean, that's like a that's like a real story. Yeah, right. It is. I mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean the point. Titanic sinks at the end. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, so the basic story of, of uh, Milk is Harvey Milk is the first openly gay person elected to office, and he um, gets into like he, he partners up with um, this guy Dan White, and they kind of like. Scratch each other's backs, th- like politically, and uh, white milk, white milk, <laughs> <laughs> throwing it up there. <laughs> All right, um, 
anyway. <laughs> Uh, so is white milk anything? Is that, does that do anything? Yeah, uh, I don't know if they like they ran on a ticket like that. <laughs> Vote white milk. Uh, no, I don't think that happened. So okay, go ahead. Anyway, so um, you know they they kind of help each other out uh, politically, and then towards uh, the end of the movie, um, they kind of start you know disagreeing on things, and um, uh, Dan White eventually gets uh, well he resigns and then tries to get his job back and then they don't let him have his job back so this guy goes crazy and uh, breaks into City Hall where all the uh, like where the mayor and Harvey Milk are and then he assassinates them at point blank range and so the, the scene that uh, is my favorite and well not I, favorite <laughs> favorite and it, like it's memorable to me right um, like but when he gets killed. Yeah, so Harvey Milk gets killed, and er, like everyone finds out, he's, there's a great supporting cast, and uh, two of them walk into City Hall where there's supposed to be a memorial, and there's a bunch of empty seats, and there's this one guy talking to like five people. So everyone's like, James Franco is like, you know, where where the hell is everybody? Don't they care? And they're like, well, they're rounding people up. Uh, we'll go find them, or whatever. So they walk to um, the street where this movie theater, the Castro, is on where they did a lot of their political rallying and stuff like that. And there are 30,000 people walking with candles along um, the street. And it's one. It's probably the most I've ever came... Well, I, I, I was supposed to cry at this movie, and I didn't because I was with people. Um, they, uh, that, that's uh, real footage at that point, right? Yeah, well, they, they have um, you know uh, movie footage. And then when they pan across how many people there actually were... They have actual footage. Yeah, and uh, it's it's it gets me choked up every time I watch it. I watched uh, I went to the movies to see it with uh, former uh, host Brian and two other people, and it, it was so emotional. And I was I was like getting teary eyed, and I was like I can't I can't cry. At this. Why? Well, because I, I just didn't want to. I, I don't want to be the only one to cry at this. So we get out of the movie, and everyone's just like wiping their eyes, and so I was like, "Fuck, y'all, you guys cried," and I held back because I felt like. <laughs> Oh, I, and then I was like, all right, next time I watch this movie, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and then I watched it, and I was like forcing myself to cry, and I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know, right? My fault. Uh, Brian is the the former host. Of, he also does all of the graphics for our little show here. Yeah. 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 He, uh, He's he, great. Got to give him a lot of props. Oh, you know what? Check out his, uh, check out his band. He plays in a band called uh, Mr. Fahrenheit, and uh, you can look him up on the internet. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll put a link up on our Top 5 uh, Facebook page. And yeah. you can go check out his band. He sings for that band, and uh, he does do a lot for the show. What episode did he was he on? Uh, TV theme songs. TV That's right. theme yeah. songs. Yeah, that's a good one. It's yeah. a great one. So, yeah. uh, and his band is actually releasing a, their new record this week too. So. That's right, and it's going to be for free. Cool. So, yeah. So you can check it out if you like punk. Yeah, it's right up your alley. Check them out. Great music. Support your friends. If Miss you guys have friends out there that do cool stuff, post it on our page and <laughs> advertise it. That's yeah. a great idea. And yeah. uh, pay us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't have to pay us. <laughs> you can pay me, not be the kid. That that scene in Milk sounds sounds really emotional. Movies c- that are like manipulate your feelings that way by making you think that no one's gonna care, and then it turns out everybody cares. Yeah. Is like that's like uh, sports movies do that a lot too. And thirty thousand people, it, it's insane, and they're all holding candles. It, oh man, check out that movie. It's great. Um, it's funny that you mentioned like holding back your tears and not wanting to cry, but then watching it again and not being able to. Mm-hmm. I um avoided watching that movie The Notebook for many years because yep. I'm like I don't want to cry like <laughs> why would I want to watch something that's going to make me cry right so one day <clears throat> and I had gone through many girlfriends who had who had <laughs> wanted me to watch this movie and I'm like no Damn, not watching it boy. not watching it. not many but 
people had Four. tried to get me to watch this movie. <laughs> and I had one. <laughs> um, I've gone through many girlfriend that wanted to. <laughs> and she was like. So anyways, I avoided it. And one day, many years later, I was by myself. And I was like, you know what? I want a good cry right now. <laughs> so I put the notebook in. Didn't feel a thing. <laughs> you heartless monster. I am. <laughs> What's I your number five? My number five is the uh, final reveal in a movie called Primal Fear. Oh, good. Good choice. Have you guys... You, so you've seen this? I have, yeah. I tried watching it, I think, a year or two ago, and I guess I just wasn't in the mood to watch a movie. But yeah. with Richard Gere, right? With Richard Gere and Edward Norton. Primal Gear, you said? Primal Gear. <laughs> 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 the sequel. <laughs> it's just him drinking coffee. <laughs> um, Matt, have you seen this? I have not. Okay. Give us a quick synopsis. That movie's very old. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So generally... Um, he is a lo- Richard Gere is a lawyer. He is Generally. defending um, <laughs> defending Edward Norton's character, who is accused of murder. Um, Edward Norton is clearly innocent, and he is um, you know facing like a life sentence or something along those lines. Um, the whole movie, and uh, Richard Gere is like trying to prove his innocence, and you know there's like a couple of things that kind of sway him different ways throughout it, and you're you're kind of just along for the ride. Um, He's clearly innocent, and at the very last moment, he finds, like, this clue that proves his innocence. So you, like, feel great, right? And then after the trial, um, Richard Gere notices something that he, like, overlooked the entire time, some clue, that actually just doesn't get explained. And it kind of points to Edward Norton as the murderer. And he goes... (laughs) So he, he, like... I like you know, that you cleared your throat away from the mic and then came back and cleared your throat into the <laughs> mic. <laughs> well, that was a joke. That's second clear. Yeah. So, uh, Good one. <laughs> Richard Gere goes up to Edward Norton. He's like, there's just one thing. What about this? And Edward Norton slowly looks up at Richard Gere and just does like a slow clap. And it's fucking bone chilling. Like uh, that's the, reve- the reveal that he committed the murder. Oh my God. And it's terrifying. I'm so pissed that I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry that I just gave it away uh, for you. I don't, I don't understand the ending. I don't know what you just said, but oh. uh, it sounds like it was cool, so don't say it again. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole movie, Edward no, Norton. Shut up. I just asked, I'm serious. <laughs> I really want to watch it. I okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Oh, man. Oh. You're one of the lucky ones. Primal. But it's, it, it, was the type of, <laughs> it was the type of ending where <laughs> you just, you're in disbelief and my mouth was agape. Uh, that movie's on Instagram. Cool. You can watch thirteen <laughs> seconds of Primal Fear on Instagram. <laughs> no, 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 I meant to say Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. I didn't know that. Yeah, definitely watch that movie if if it's escaped you. Um, it's very very good. Cool. Cool. Uh, my oh, my number five is uh, also a a tear jerker part, at least for me anyway. Um, and it is from a movie called Love Actually. Never seen it. Me neither. Me neither. Oh, why do I always fun. pick things no one in my show has seen? <laughs> well, I don't really watch romantic comedies. Oh, okay. I've heard a lot about this movie, and it's all right. So cool. this is this is this is the scene I'm talking about. Um, it's with it's the story because the, the movie is based up of uh, a lot of different stories that all eventually kind of tie into each other, uh, each other at the end. Um, so everyone, it's like uh, it's. The best way I can describe it, it's like 22 short films about Springfield. Mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on the same page as you <laughs> that know. That's the best way to describe yeah. it. Right. Are there, are there a, there's like a shitload of people in it, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of people in it. it um, it's like those movies like uh, First, Valentine's first Valentine's Night and it, things like that or whatever it, it was. Um, but there's there's one storyline in particular that I really, really 
really like. And it's with Kira Knightley's character and the um, I'm pr- I don't want to. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure the uh, the other guy involved in that storyline is the main character from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, it yeah, is. It is. It it is? is yeah. Okay, cool. Andrew Lincoln. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's it's <laughs> it's their story. His the, Andrew Lincoln's real name is Andrew Clutterbuck, <laughs> <laughs> but he changed it to Lincoln. <laughs> well, he's not a pirate anymore. The Buckle Buck. Play Buck Buck. I know play the Buckle Buck. That's a that's a good piece of trivia for you guys out there who listen to uh, watch The Walking Dead. So what's or the scene? Bill All right, so the so the, the that storyline in that and their particular storyline in that movie is uh, so Kira Knightley's character uh, is married to this other gets married to this other guy, and um, oh and no, the uh, and then Andrew's character is best friends with that guy who got married to her. Oh no, and they kind of talk about how he's really cold to Kira Knightley's character. Oh, Not no. the husband of the other guy, but, he, but he's cold to her the entire time. And then there, there's this uh, there's this moment, there's a few moments in the story where, uh, so he is in charge of videographing the wedding oh, uh, no. of his best friend, <laughs> of his best friend and this, this girl. And uh, he, so she goes over to his apartment and she's like, oh, all my, uh, all the professional, you know, videographer got like no good shots of me and my dress. So I was hoping if I can look oh, through no. yours. Oh, no. Can it get any worse? <laughs> I was hoping I can look through yours to, uh, you know, see if there's any good shots. And then like, he's like really apprehensive. I was like, no, he's like, he's like, I'd, I'd rather you not. And, you know, like I said, they have this history of him being like mean to her and just like kind of rude to her. Mm-hmm. And then so he like finally lets her watch it while he's in the room. And he just like he has this like look on his face that's just like well here we go, and then like it's the whole video and it's all edited and it's all it's just shots of her and then like she kind of it's just like she's like oh this is it's all me and like she kind of realizes that like he's she's in like, love with her and like he just like runs out of the runs out of the uh, the apartment and she's like oh no yeah I better call the cops <laughs> <laughs> what is going on <laughs> <laughs> um so the movement uh, the movement the movement. <laughs> <laughs> The m- <laughs> the moment in particular. <laughs> you almost said movement again. Is the uh, the moment is when he uh, so he goes to her house one last time, and he has a ton of what the hell is so funny? <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. That's my number five. It's the part where he has the signs that say uh, "To me, you're perfect." In love, actually, go ahead, BWK number four. Wait, the mean guy did that? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. No, no, no. I'm no. Nope, we're going. We're like the like the kids in the backseat. They're like <laughs> no. pissing off our dad because <laughs> we're like laughing about something. <laughs> I will beat these children. What a tearjerker! <laughs> yep, keep going. Wait, so, wait, so did so you wait, did wait, you so cry? No, nope, we're not talking about oh, this one anymore. Oh, go ahead. No, we're gonna have fun with this show. Calm this show is gonna dad. be great. Oh, I'll come. I'm as calm as a cucumber. Here's here's the thing. I'm curious about one thing that you mentioned. He's holding a sign. Yes, what? he's holding a sign. It says, "To me, you're perfect." What? Why? So he ran out of the room to get the sign? No, it's in a different scene. Yeah. He shows up at her apartment later, and he has a <laughs> bunch of signs. And he, it's during, the whole movie takes place during Christmas. And he brings like a boom box. And the first sign says, uh, say it's carolers. So she opens the door. And then her husband uh, says, who is it? And then she reads the sign. And she's like, you know, curious as to what's going on. And he's like, uh, it's carolers. And then he plays the boom box. And it's just you know, a recording of children singing Christmas songs. And during... So while the song's playing, he doesn't say anything. He's just holding all these signs, and he keeps like pulling one away, and they say different things or whatever. And the whole thing is like, uh, you know, I uh, it's just proclaiming his love to her. And then like the last thing it says, "To me, you're perfect," and you know that's it. Then he just like 
He doesn't say anything to her, turns around and walks away, and then like she runs out to the street and gives him like one kiss, and then she runs back to her husband and he's just like he's like, you know, enough. Enough is enough. Like he told her nothing's gonna change and it's just like this really like heartbreaking moment that like he's in love with uh his best friend's now wife and he's never been able to tell her and he told her and now she knows and it's just like this thing they're gonna have to live with yeah. so and then he moves on from it so it wasn't like kind of a bummer oh she's watching the video better run and get the signs <laughs> no, no that's how yeah. i picture he didn't it. have to run and go get the movie signs right <laughs> uh, <laughs> the movie it, he had to signs. return his time <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> no so that's my number five is uh to me you're perfect what just happened i missed something no, just a loud oh fuck just for no reason <laughs> uh Okay, so uh, my number four. Yeah. Uh, my number four is uh, from Wreck-It Ralph, and it's a bit of a tearjerker moment, too. Uh, so the beginning of this podcast is a bummer. But uh, it's when, uh, Ra- after Ralph gets uh, Vanellope her car. Have you guys all seen Wreck-It Ralph? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so he gets her, her race car so she can race finally, and that's like all she's ever wanted. But as soon as he does that, she, uh, the King Candy comes over and he's like, she's like a glitch. She's not part of this game. If she races, she'll, she'll die. Like she can't, she cannot race. So Ralph smashes her car up so that she can't race. What a jerk. And, uh, such, such a missed opportunity there, by the way. What do you mean? He wrecks it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean that he smashes it. <laughs> yeah, it he dismantles it, Ralph, <laughs> piece by piece. He unscrews the hinges. <laughs> uh, no, but he 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 wrecks it. Uh, he smashes it, and uh, and he tells her that she can't race and stuff. And it's like all she ever wanted. And she thinks that he's being like, because he's a villain in his game. So she's like, she says to him, "Wow, you really are a bad guy." And it's like that's like undermines everything that he's been trying to do this entire movie so far. And it's just so heartbreaking and she's so crushed. Uh, and so is her car. And nice. she uh, wrecked. And she was wrecked, emotionally wrecked by it. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's such a like well timed sequence in the movie. It comes at exactly the right time. Cause you think that like everything's going the right way and that, uh, you know, she's going to start racing and uh, it just, it, it's just a really good curve in the story. And, mm-hmm. Um, and I love it, and I think it's a really memorable moment, and it shows that that cartoon, well, I mean, it's rude to call it a cartoon, but uh, rude. <laughs> that movie um, has like a lot of unexpected heart to it, where the characters are not these like one-dimensional cartoon characters. They're actually like people, three-dimensional people, cartoon <laughs> characters, <laughs> computer animated people with um, emotions. And uh, anyway, it's a cool sequence. And have you guys seen it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And your thoughts? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Cool. Sad. <laughs> oh, so I agree. after after her car gets smashed, she like runs and grabs these cards, and <laughs> she's holding up these uh these cards that say like you know to me you're you're perfect and <laughs> <laughs> and then like Ralph looks at the no tape she and it, didn't <laughs> and then Ralph looks at the tape and it's like all pictures of him and stuff yeah. and uh and then he goes and returns signs and then he goes and returns signs yeah <laughs> back to blockbuster <laughs> but he didn't rewind uh, but I think we need to make our own movie. Yeah, so then she so after, you know, she heads back to like watch the race or whatever and there's 30,000 people there mm-hmm. all holding candles for her uh for her wrecked Aww, wrecked oh my car. God. That's so sad. I yeah. would I held back my tears during that part. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Great. That means a lot to me that you held back your tears. <laughs> uh anyway, whatever. It's a cool moment and I guess that's uh, all I have to say about it since the room is strangely quiet. I don't know what else to say. You're explaining the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I, some of you guys have seen this and you have no comment on it. Yeah, but it's your pick. Yeah, I could no, have, I'll I, explain I it for you. Great, I think it's a great pick. You don't need to explain it. I already explained it. Then what do you want? <laughs> Reactions. <laughs> All right. Uh, ooh. <laughs> oh, ooh. Good, yeah. wow. good pick. Okay, go ahead, Deej. Number okay. four. <laughs> uh, my number four is not a tearjerker. It's very funny. It's from the Pink Panther Strikes Again. Wow, what a shocking surprise. What? Keep going. Uh, not the Steve Martin version, if I that's know. what you're implying. No, I was talking about the Pink Panther. Oh, okay. Okay, well, anyway. It is shocking. I mean, I don't think anyone expected the Pink Panther yeah. to end up uh, on one yeah, of yeah, them. Did I sound sarcastic? Yeah. Oh, huh, I was actually surprised. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay, Shocked anyway. and surprised. Um, it's the uh, fight sequence between Inspector Clouseau and his butler, Cato. I've never seen any. Me neither. Um, I would I, love to watch these I movies. saw the, the I, first Steve Martin one. I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage everyone to watch the original Pink Panther series. It's so funny, and I can't believe how well it holds up. Those movies were made in the 60s, and they make me cry laugh. Are they still. British movies? Um, I don't know. Uh, Clouseau is French, so they might be. Like, I, I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into it. Hmm. I'm just a fan of the movies, not so much <laughs> like the backstory of it, where they originated from. But um, but this is the Pink Panther Returns, strikes again, strikes again. Yeah. So is it movies or are they, is it a TV show? Movies. Cool. Would, uh, wouldn't it be weird if he picked a TV yeah. show for this greatest movie moment? <laughs> yeah, podcast? God, yeah. It didn't even occur <laughs> to me. Oh, <laughs> it didn't even occur to me. Um, anyway, uh, so throughout the whole series, uh, Inspector Clouseau, who's the main character, um, has a butler named Cato. He's this really short um, Asian man who is his butler. But a weird thing about him is. He will hide. Uh, <laughs> Inspector Clouseau will come home and uh, call for Cato, and Cato won't answer. And Cato's hiding somewhere, and they'll spend a few seconds with uh, Clouseau, like you know, looking around his apartment, waiting for a sneak attack. It's like it's kind of part of Clouseau's training. Yeah. And uh, he'll just pop out of the weirdest places, <laughs> and they'll get into the most destructive uh, fights in his apartment. And they're so well choreographed and so funny that i can't believe that this movie was made in the 60s huh it's which which number is this in the series uh i want to say what episode it's, ep- <laughs> it's episode three of season two um i want to say it's the third or fourth i could be wrong I- i'm not sure uh chronologically wh- which ones are which but mm-hmm. um I, I watched the uh the youtube clip i'm gonna post it on the facebook page so everyone yeah. can watch it no you're not i've I fucking will. Oh my god! It's going up. He has access now. Yeah. <gasps> now I just got. I just earned my access. <laughs> I forgot um, we put another uh, piece of electrical tape on his karate belt. It's <laughs> 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 getting up there. But um, yeah, Peter Sellers, the original Inspector Clouseau, is uh, a comedic genius, and um, just some of the the gags that they do in uh, this particular fight sequence, it's, it's it makes me cry laugh. Such as. Let me see. Um, well, th- it starts off, um, Clouseau comes home, puts on a robe, and then lays down in his bed, which is one of those beds that has, uh, like, a roof over it. Um, what are those called? Uh, it's not a duvet, is it? No, well, that's a cover that goes over right. a blanket. A lot of beds have a roof over it. Yeah, well, actually, oh. most, most beds, if they're indoors. Can someone kill him? <laughs> Just straight kill him. Anyway, it's one of those fancy beds. The thing is that beds in houses <laughs> typically have these roofs over them. Yeah. You know, most most of uh huh. Yeah, you go big, you lose big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most houses. This is this is important for you guys to know. So I'm I'm gonna say it. Most houses have a roof. So if you put a bed inside, it's got a roof over it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, Great. Hey, go ahead, DJ. Canopy uh, beds are there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's <laughs> and he knows the name of what <laughs> <they're> <laughs> <called>. <laughs> Okay. Um, 
uh, Clouseau lays down on his bed, and the camera pans up to Cato, who is on top of the roof, and it um, it rips, and then he falls down, and that's when Clouseau finds out that he was up there, and then they get into this crazy fight sequence and the unique thing about it is they don't ever <laughs> land a blow until the <laughs> very end um, when the phone rings because Kato's the butler so Clouseau's like the fin <laughs> the fin is ringing and like tells him to get the phone and he walks over to the phone and when he's not looking Clouseau hits Kato in the back of the head and knocks him out and then picks up the phone <laughs> nobody lands a punch no one lands a kendo stick shot anything they just Pieces of the apartment on the floor. Huh. I need to see that. Uh, it's so I good. was discouraged from seeing those movies when I was a kid. You missed out. Who discouraged you? Uh, I, I saw them in Blockbuster and I was like, oh, the Pink Panther. Because on the cover, it's like the cartoon. Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's not the cartoon. I don't think you'll like it. And then I was like, okay, I must not like it. <laughs> so the employee <laughs> at the video store discouraged you. <laughs> no, my, my dad. Some oh, of, you got to work at the video store? Some of the funniest <laughs> jokes ever yeah. are in those movies. I remember being a kid and watching them. And the first time I ever belly laughed uh, is from one of those movies. Were you scared when you got your first belly laugh? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I'm asking him. No. Starting to get to know him. Yeah, geez, that could be a you know, it's a new that's a new thing for a growing boy. <laughs> I was not scared. Okay, Dooley, you got a number four? Yeah. So we've talked about this movie before on the podcast, um, but I'm talking about a specific moment. Uh, when I first saw it, it gave me chills, and it's when you first catch a glimpse of the monster in Cloverfield. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. It's specifically when they are. Um, they're like running towards the subway entrance. Yep. And um, they notice like the army fighting against the kaiju, and they look up, and then like he come, he like you hear the monster scream for the first time, and you catch a glimpse of his face, and uh, it's so cool. It's such a cool part. I I watch just that clip every now and then from Cloverfield because it's instantly gratifying. That movie is awesome. It's yep. so good. If really you don't know, if we've talked about this movie before. If you don't know, Cloverfield is a monster movie, um, and it's shot. Uh, it's like a point of view, um, like documentary style movie. Uh, it's supposed to be a, like a found footage. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the word for it. Um, and the whole time you're catching like glimpses of the monster's legs and stuff. And I remember what an electric experience it was when I saw it in the movie theater, like opening night, and there hadn't really been. There was all of this like viral marketing for it, but you didn't know what the monster really looked like, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and you didn't really know a hundred a hundred percent what kind of movie to expect. And it was such a fun movie, and seeing that monster for the first time just gave me chills up my spine. It was awesome. Yeah, the uh, it's a really cool idea to do like a monster movie from the perspective of the people. Right. Normally, it's like this overhead shot of like monsters destroying cities and stuff like that, and you kind of like lose track, like. You lose track of the fact that there are actually people running around down there trying to avoid this destruction. Yeah, right. And it's a, a very interesting and different way. To that's a good point. Approach that that kind of thing, and that's that's why I think it it stayed it stayed with all of us so much. We all like that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. we, we movie, talked yeah. about it on our episode of uh, movies that we want to see sequels to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I think we all it. picked it. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I think. Yeah, yeah you hear us, Hollywood? Make the fucking movie. If I was on that episode, I would have definitely picked that. It, 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 yeah, great. It, like scream sequel. It really does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there are sequels to Scream. Yes, <laughs> there's yeah, there's four total. <laughs> Cloverfield, it's Scream sequel. <laughs> Cloverfield <laughs> is a Scream sequel. <laughs> Real big shoe. Real big. <laughs> All right, Matt, go ahead. Um, we don't have to talk about my number four for too long because I've talked about it a thousand times. We've t- I've told the story many times. 
Uh, but my number, I had to put it on my list, mm-hmm. and it was the scene uh, where Captain America tells the Incredible Hulk to smash, <laughs> and he does, and I cried in the movie theater, <laughs> and it happened. That's not your number one? No. Holy shit. I, well, it could, uh, arguably it could be, but I just, I didn't even want to put it on the list because I've talked about it so many times, but I... To I had the that fact, struggle too. The fact that I, I'd still put it on my list should be a testament to how much it means to me. Yeah. But I didn't want to put it up too high because there's other movies that uh, I don't think I've talked about too much that have, that have moments that are really like you know gotten to me. So that's my number four is the uh, Hulk smash scene from the Avengers. Your list is full of tearjerkers, huh? <laughs> so He's far, a it's big two for two. Softy, what a marshmallow! I am a softy. I remember when I was like, don't you know, make fun of him like that. Yeah, thanks, BWK. Oh no, I think it's. I cute. mean, Dooley. I think, Shit, I think you're chiseled. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a nice, <laughs> a super carved marshmallow. You know what's funny? All right, here's here's a here's a funny little uh, quip about me that I I can talk about. When I was um when I was single in like when I was maybe seven between like around seventeen eighteen, I would like boast about how much into like romantic comedies I was because I thought that was like a turn on. Yeah, I'd be like I like <laughs> to watch rom coms, <laughs> and like I put it like all my favorite movies on like my Plenty of Fish profile it was like. <laughs> The notebook and walk to remember because I thought it was like this ploy that girls would just like swoon over. Do you actually like those movies? I do like them, yeah. But so just, you do like those movies? Yeah, but I'm also a real tough guy. Yeah, what and you like tough guy movies like? Uh, uh, actually, <laughs> no, <laughs> the Avengers. Yeah, the Avengers. It's tough. Even though yeah, I when cry you cry during at the Hulk. it, <laughs> he likes tough guy movies like The Wedding Singer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> tough guys like Steel Magnolias. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that was a weird pick. <laughs> beaches, fried green tomatoes. Yeah, just do it in the travel and pants. You know, tough guys. But fried green tomatoes. <laughs> now and then. Yeah, oh, I love that. So movie. these are movies that we don't really know anything about. Right? <laughs> I know they're tough guy movies. Okay, I've seen now and then. I think Got I've seen here. fried green tomatoes too. Yeah, I've seen them too on my plate. Am I right, everyone? Have you? Am I right? <laughs> you are right on that one. <laughs> this thing <Hello>. on? <laughs> this thing on? Uh, so the sequence is when the Avengers like all get together. Yeah, for the first time. And, and uh, they all uh, re-up to, and Cap delivers orders to everyone. And he goes through everybody's, you know, tells Thor to go to the portal. And he's got the lightning and use it. He says, get hammered. Doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't say that. He does. He tells Thor to get hammered. It's on the Blu-ray. I own the Blu-ray, and it's not on there. Oh. He's like, Black Widow, bite me. <laughs> right? Keep, just do them all, no, DJ. Just do Let's them all. Do more. Hey, Hawkeye, looking good. <laughs> Hot guy. Hot guy. Hey, Iron Man, uh, my shirt's wrinkled. <laughs> Iron Man. Iron it, man. <laughs> Iron comma, man. Um, all right. Is there another one? No, I think that's it. Uh, we're missing somebody. Well, the Hulk. Oh, the Hulk. Yeah. Hulk. Uh, smash. Smash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, smash. Yeah, smash. Uh, yeah, but it's that scene. <laughs> and I couldn't... I, I've, I've told the story before. I've never been... Com- that was true. truly being overwhelmed, and I teared up. It was unreal. When I saw that sequence in the movie theater, too, I was just blown away but I, I remember thinking like in my head I'm like they did it yeah <laughs> like, like they 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 set out to make this movie where they would have a bunch of movies leading up to this one massive epic superhero movie with a ton of characters and then they they all get together for the first time I'm getting like chills thinking about it they all get together for the first time on the battlefield Captain America's directing them where to go and I was like I can't believe this is happening they <laughs> actually did it that's exactly how I felt being like a comic book fan for so long and to see that imagery like visually 
uh, for the first time like that. It was tear jerking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my number four is uh, when Captain America told the Hulk to uh, to smash. That's great. Number three. Yep. My number three is a movie that came out recently and just absolutely blew me away. Um, I was not expecting a lot, but then I just got a, I got so much more than I was expecting, and that's the movie Gravity. Oh. And the sequence is the opening sequence when Sandra Bullock's character becomes detached for the first time. Um, well, I guess maybe the last time too. But so the thing is that uh, the sequence is filmed like in one continuous shot, and it rotates. Have you has you guys all seen Gravity? Yes. Yeah. No. Oh. <gasps> so it's the first ten minutes of the movie, and it's shot in one continuous shot, and the the camera is like rotate. It's almost like it's floating, right? I mean, that's obviously what they were going for. Yeah. But the camera is floating around all of the characters while they're working on a space station, and in the background, somebody just gets kind of like hit by something, and they and they're like, "What's what's going on?" And then all this debris starts coming at once, and it, it it's just destroying everything. And it uh, it breaks the thing that Sandra Bullock is standing on, and she becomes no longer attached to the space station, and she's just floating, free floating into space. It's gripping. It's it's terrifying too. Huh. It's and she's just floating, and she's and she's flipping around upside down, uh, and she can't stop herself. There's she's flipping no, out. She's flipping out, and she's flipping upside down, and she can't stop herself. And I think that that's like that's like so scary. Mm. Is it's it's really scary, and and she's and she's flying away from this thing into the emptiness of space. Like, mm. how scary is that? Space is the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, have well, you just it's not, not in the world? <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> have you uh, just uh, not gotten around to seeing it? Have no, I I really wanted to see it in IMAX. I just I never got around to it. In IMAX, it was, it felt like when you go to Disney World and they have like those three D movies that you see. Yeah, it, uh, and then like your seat moves and stuff like that. Yeah, like it, a thrill ride. It felt like a thrill ride. It was the most. <laughs> it was the most like um, like I don't know a theme park experience I've ever had, I, I in a movie theater, and I was just like grinning from ear to ear the entire time. Well, I mean, it was like so. It was so gripping. It was so perfectly set up, mm. um, and it is really scary and really cool. And it's funny because even if you don't know what the movie's about the very beginning like the exposition um before she becomes detached you just know something's coming yeah the whole time it's lingering it's very very and it's and it's like silent too when it Mm. happens and then there's like this small little bit of a music a little bit of music like building up and building up and by the time that she's like like flipping around and she's trying to stabilize herself and uh uh, she's been flipping and leaving for like flying into space for so long. The music starts coming in, and it just like ramps up the excitement, or n- not even the excitement. I guess like the tension. The tension, yeah. It's it's just it's such a good sequence, and it sets the tone for this movie uh, right out the gate. And you know that like the whole straight out the, the gate. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that how it gate. is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, straight out of the gate. Yep. So uh, right out the gate, you know, <laughs> you can just tell right away what kind of movie this is going to be. Mm-hmm. 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 They open that gate mm-hmm. and you get right outside it. Yeah, straight out the gate. So anyway, my number three is the opening straight sequence. Out the gate. <laughs> my my uh, number three <laughs> is um, how <laughs> how gravity you know tells you the story straight out the gate. <laughs> I was really, really stretching for that one. You guys could tell, right? Oh, uh, gravity gonna... got her groove back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but gravity did a, a beautiful performance in that movie. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is gravity. gravity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Deej, you got a number three, or anybody have anything they want to add to that? Nope. Uh, my number three <laughs> is the scene in The Dark Knight where 
uh, the Joker addresses the mob. Nice. Mm. Nice. What do you think nice. of that? I love it. You know Daddy I love it. Like. My favorite movie. Yeah. Um, see, I saw this movie seven times in theaters, and four of which were in IMAX. Wow. And every time was the most compelling thing. Just the Joker's entrance. I mean, his entrance was in the opening high scene, but you didn't get him in full until right. he addresses the mob. And I, I got chills every time for the whole time. It's so intense, and Heath Ledger did the most incredible acting job playing the Joker. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you guys ever see this in IMAX? Oh, yeah. Yep. I did yeah. too, yeah. I actually, it was torture because I couldn't get tickets to IMAX for like a week or something crazy like that. Yeah. And I remember everyone already saw it, and I was like, <laughs> I could just go to a theater and see it, but I held out. Yeah. And it was torture. I would. I was dreaming about this movie. Was, was it worth like, it though? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean now, obviously, yeah. But at the time, that week span where I knew, like every second of the day, I knew it was available for me to see, mm-hmm. and I was choosing not to see it, and it was torture. Yeah, right. I uh, when I was running my list for this week's episode uh, by some people, I was like, oh, this is my list. You know, what do you think or whatever. And uh, I was like, the only thing that sucks about this list is that someone's going to say Dark Knight and then I'm going to lose. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, congratulations, DJ, in advance. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, the best part of that scene is the pencil trick. Where oh my God. You just, that right there gives you the idea of what kind of guy the Joker is. Mm. Yeah, that was awesome. And it's kind of funny, but it's really not. <laughs> yeah. Can you describe it for people who haven't seen? So uh, he walks in and... Starts, you know, he does his little laugh or whatever, and then uh, everyone's like, you know, what are you doing here? He's like, how about a trick? And then he stabs a pencil into the table, which I think is more impressive than the next part. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> um, I don't even think it was sharpened. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one of the one of Gamble's henchmen walks over to you know rough up the Joker, and Joker grabs his arm and slams his head down onto the pencil, and it goes through his eye, and yeah, <laughs> it's like, all done. Ta-da. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> So good. And I remember just being like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This movie is dark already. Yeah. That's, yeah. And such like a good introduction to this character. Like, like it shows you right away what he's capable of. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's humor to it, too. He's like, he's a sick individual, but he also has like a dark sense of humor. He, just like right. the Joker should. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're the Joker, yeah. you should be making jokes. Yeah. Here's, yeah. A, uh, here's a, a short tale from when that movie was coming out. So Heath Ledger died prior to the movie coming out, but it was close to when it was coming out. And um, I, uh, I heard that he died, and people were talking about it on like a local radio station. And I was like up in arms or whatever because I wanted this movie to come out. I didn't want him to like not have it like like push it back or anything like that. Yeah. So like I'm like all like. Amped up about it, so I call the radio station, and like <laughs> I call up the radio station, and the guy's like, <laughs> I, "What it, do you want?" <laughs> no, like, so it rings, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's ringing!" And uh, he picks up the phone, and he goes, "Uh, it, it was like their intern, the person who like screens their calls, right?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm like, oh yeah, I just want to say that I uh, I hope they don't uh, I hope they don't you know push back the movie because Heath Ledger died died, and uh, the guy goes, "Uh, yeah, me too," and just hung up on me. <laughs> I was like. Oh man! <laughs> I wonder if they they got like a bunch of similar calls. I don't know, maybe, but I, I, I hope they they don't not have movie time. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, man. <laughs> I don't trust radio stations after that time that the that radio station deceived me. <laughs> I they, I called up to request a song, and then they they were like, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll definitely." Pl-. This is like back when you like that. That's how you heard songs. Is if you called 
a radio station and requested them to play it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have Spotify back in the 90s. Oh, you back didn't. in 1971. But uh, so I called up, I requested a song, and the DJ was like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely play it. Just say what's going on. And I was like, uh, why? He's like, just, oh. just say what's going on. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, okay, we'll play your song. Immediately after, my voice comes on the on the radio. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to request a song. He's like, yeah, what do you want to request? And I was like, what's going on? And then they played like Marvin Gaye's What's Going oh On. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that story. <laughs> you idiot. That's for it. <laughs> and they never played my song. Anyway. <laughs> I'd like to, rec- what were you trying to request? Uh, oh God, I'd I'll, like to I'll cr- never request remember. a sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Yeah, just say hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get right on that. Yeah, I mean, what's going on is the best trick, uh, best song to trick me on because it doesn't sound like I'm about to say <laughs> a like a song title. Sure, you want to hear Smells Like Teen Spirit? If you had a friend, Macarena, how would you say hello to them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess uh, like, hey, Macarena. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Gotta go. What was the name of that Backstreet Boys song? In the late nineties about them wanting it a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I a quick song, a quick story about that Backstreet Boys song. I always, <laughs> I always thought that that song was called um, "I Want It Badly." <laughs> <laughs> badly. <laughs> um, it wasn't until like maybe like a year and a half ago oh, that, no. <laughs> that I realized <laughs> that it was "I Want It That Way." <laughs> Not even close. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Okay, so the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, go. What's go. your number three? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Duel. Um, my number three, I should probably consult my list. That's a watch. <laughs> Reaching for his watch, everybody. Oh, no, I know what my number three is. My number three is um, the iconic scene uh, from The Shining where um, he says, here's Johnny. Oh, perfect. With the axe. Hey, you know what's funny? is uh, that, that sequence is on my T-shirt. Oh, my God. He's taking his shirt off. It's right oh, there. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's on my T-shirt. Um, like yeah. Urkel. I, uh, I'll <laughs> <laughs> and he comes every Friday night. <laughs> like Urkel. Is that what my voice did? I don't know. It just reminded me enough about it for me to say it. <laughs> uh, listening to the, like, if I listen to the show, it makes me realize that the volume of my voice fluctuates so drastically. <laughs> I'll be like talking I think normal. I got you beat in that category, BWK. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we have a friend that refuses to listen to the show, listen to the show unless Dooley's not on it. <laughs> Who? Fisher. Really? He said because he listens to it in the like when he's on tour or whatever, and it's like you always, you, you peak the mic sometimes. But I, I've I've gotten able to fix it, so don't worry oh, about good. it anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't want him listening to the podcast anymore. So here's Johnny. Uh, yeah. So here's Johnny. From the go show. ahead, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I just wanted to say uh, we got a really good show tonight. Murder the whole family, <laughs> Johnny. Uh, Johnny Carson. Um, yeah, when I such a deep I, reference. I, I'll, I'll, I'll save. I'll save <laughs> talking about this for too much because I've talked about this movie on the podcast before, and um, but when I first saw this movie, it wasn't that long ago. It was. Oh. M- it was maybe two or three years ago. Um, it's pretty long. Yeah, but like I didn't grow up watching it. Um, hmm. and when I first saw it, I didn't love it. And I oh that's shocking. A couple couple like like a month later, I was like I don't know I can't get this movie out of my head. And I watched it again. I was like something about this movie I like. And then I just I don't know I love this movie. And that part like gives me chills now, but didn't give me chills when I first saw it. Didn't you have the same reaction to that movie Under the Skin that just came out? That movie 
I've only seen once, and I just didn't know how I felt about it. It took me a couple weeks to really figure Is out. Is that how the one I with uh, that movie? What's her face? Scar- Scarlet Joe. Scar Joe. Hanson. Yeah, the movie's great. I've seen, I I saw it and I really liked it. Although I did not know it was about aliens. <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw the whole movie and did not know it was about aliens. Oh. Yeah. So the, the plot sh- description is an alien in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, this scene from The Shining, it's probably the most iconic scene from The Shining, uh, save from, I don't know, the very ending where he's frozen or um, him chasing his wife up the stairs with a baseball bat. That's but my favorite scene. That scene is so scary. It's it's terrifying. And then when he's just like busting it with an axe, um, apparently that was improvised. Is that, can you guys confirm or deny that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is true. When he said, "Here's Johnny." Yeah. Well, being a graduate from Improv Boston School of Comedy. Yeah, sure. Why don't you weigh in on this? I can tell you that it, uh, it was improvised. I know improv when I see it. Yeah, sure. Hmm. I've never seen that movie. I read a list recently that was like <laughs> famous movie quotes that were actually in, uh, um, uh, improvised. Enterprise. The word that word just disappeared from my vocabulary at that exact minute. Uh, incorporated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said that, that that line was improvised, but then like most other lines, like um, like here's looking at you, kid, and we're gonna need a bigger boat. Like all of those were also <laughs> improvised. So I don't know if that is true, <laughs> because I can't believe that those they're lines... using improvised very liberally. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that those all of those lines were improvised. It was yeah. improvised at one point in the sense that somebody had but to think of it to write, write it down. Yeah. <laughs> And like, uh, just head down the yellow brick road was improvised. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that, no, no, that was verbatim. That, uh, just head down the yellow brick road and uh, take a left. <laughs> take a laugh. You're gonna see a scarecrow. And <laughs> Don't talk to turn. him. Yeah. Okay. So that's my number three. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. beans. Uh, my number three is uh, from another comic book movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. What just happened? <laughs> It is from X2, and it's the opening scene with Nightcrawler in the Oval Office. Fuck yeah. Oh, that, that really? That awesome. That scene is great. It is I've really cool. You, oh, Dooley! Um, <laughs> sorry, I, uh, I went insane for a minute. <laughs> so explain it to people that haven't seen it. All right, so I haven't seen any of the other X-Men. X2, I think, is the only one other? worth watching <laughs> because it has Oh, sorry, not. X-Men. X- <laughs> what, X- what ones have you seen? <laughs> X-Men one. Zany. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, so Nightcrawler. All right. So the opening scene has to do with Nightcrawler, who, by the way, is my favorite X Men. Uh, so I'm a little biased, but his uh, he has the power of teleportation. So the opening scene is um, he's under some type of mind control, and he's going to attack the president in the Oval Office. So um, they kind of get the tipped off that there's a threat. So they close down the Oval Office, and all the like CIA agents, uh, well, Secret Service, like rushing and they're protecting the president. And the opening scene is just Nightcrawler, just. It's by the way, it's called bamfing is what they use for his <laughs> disappearing thing. So cool. he bamps all over the uh, all over the Oval Office, just appearing, disappearing, and reappearing everywhere, and just taking everybody out. And it's such a fast thing; he just keeps on popping up everywhere, and it's done so well and so entertaining. I oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was so good. That's awesome. Really well choreographed too. Yeah, and very well CGI. Yes, C- CGI'd. CGI'd. Because it's cool. Because like someone will like take aim at him to take a shot, and then like. They'll pull the trigger and he'll disappear before you know, right before he pulls the trigger and like reappear right behind him and like you know, you know, flip him over or something like that. But it's it's things like that constantly happening all over the place and he's just completely untouchable. I love Nightcrawler. He's the shit. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I I have been wanting to go through and watch all of the X Men movies. 
Um, X2 is where it's at. Just watch the opening scene. It's just the best thing ever. <laughs> is yeah. it not worth watching the entire movie? X2 no, is okay. really good. And I uh, I recently saw X3 again, and I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. Why do people part- not particularly like that movie? Yeah, that movie is considered like... Uh, apparently, like the new X-Men movie, Days of Future Past, exists to erase what happened in X3. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and because X3 is like considered such like a terrible movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I saw it and I was Should like... Should I skip it? No, no, no. Definitely see it. I don't know. Here's here's <laughs> the thing. I saw it uh, and I was like, okay, this mo- I remember this movie being really bad and whatever. It's like, it seems like an executive who read the script to that movie was like, we can't lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to have like a ton of uh, mutants on screen at once and they're all going to be fighting each other in these huge epic battles. But it is a mess. <laughs> It yeah. is like such a mess, but you, I can absolutely see why the studio was like, "Give them more millions, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> make this movie." <laughs> so, uh, but X two is incredible from start X2 to finish. X two is good. Yeah. I, I, just I love fucking Nightcrawler. I'll, I'll support anything he does. My favorite is Gambit. Okay. <laughs> do you, what do you think of? Do you Alan? think that's a bad pick? No. What do you think of Alan? Cummings? You seem unimpressed. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do I think of Alan, Alan Cummings' portrayal of Gambit? I'm, <laughs> I think yeah, it's shitty. Let's, no, let's, uh, let's see that. But when he's Nightcrawler, uh, I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Actually, um, after seeing that movie, I kind of became a bit of a uh, Alan Cummings fan. Do you like Son yeah, of the great. Mask? Yeah, it's a great movie. Spy Kids. Spy Kids is uh, just as good as uh, Son of the Son Mask. Of mask. <laughs> uh, he's in Josie become... and, and the Pussycats too, isn't he? Yeah, they're all great top-rated movies. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anyway, yeah, great. That's a uh, that's good. Oh, it's my turn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, my num- oh, I remember. Okay, my uh, number two is the iconic scene in Jurassic Park where you see the T Rex for the first time. Ooh, that's great. Oh, that's a great pick. I wish I picked that. <laughs> yeah, that is a really really Calm good pick. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, so it's a uh, it's the scene where they're in the in the uh, uh, buses. What's going on with you, Matt? Uh, I was uh, squeezing a gummy worm for a while and like my hand sweated and the gummy worm got sweat on it and I just ate it and it was gross. <laughs> oh. I gave myself a stink palm. <laughs> Matt just turned six for a second. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, I'm sorry. It just, he caught me off guard. It tasted like salt and dirt. Keep going. Ew. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, anyway, so. DMY. So Jurassic Park 3. Go ahead. In Jurassic Park 3, when they're in like the bird cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally different movie. <laughs> uh, and they're like listening to the radio through the stomach of that other dinosaur. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3 is really bad, isn't it? Yes. I actually really like Jurassic Park 3. Do you? <laughs> I do, yeah. I'm like such a, like an apologist for movies that are really bad. And <laughs> Well, c- you are solely responsible for Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, like I apologize all the time for uh, like a... Uh, uh, Crystal Skull, the Indiana Jones four movie. I'm like, no, please, like, give it another shot. <laughs> I like that movie too. I, yeah, I'm so glad. But uh, with, with Jurassic Park three, I just like, I, I get it. I know why you're bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, but Jurassic Park one is obviously a classic, and it's got this incredible scene where they're all like waiting for um, to see the the T Rex, and they like put out the lamb to feed him, and uh, and the T Rex never comes. So uh, the there ends up being like a malfunction in the in the jeeps that drive themselves stop driving and then they're kind of like stuck there and they can't move and um and then it turns night and it starts raining and the t-rex comes and he comes through and he he gets through the electrical fence because the power is off and uh and he grabs the fence with his little arms his little cute little hands <laughs> he's got those cute little hands <laughs> uh and then he like uh so th- that's when you find out that like t-rex is 
uh, have arms. On, <laughs> based on their movement is My based God, on... My God, they've mutated into arms. <laughs> <laughs> their, their vision is based on movement, so Grant lights a flare, and he tries to like get the T-Rex away from him um, and uh, get away from the kids and stuff. But the kids turn on their stupid flashlight, and then uh, he comes through the roof, and they're like, "Oh my god, that scene is so good!" And uh, you know, I'm I'm like cutting out so many parts of it too because I'm just my brain is moving so fast thinking about it. <laughs> there's so much like really cool sequences in that. Um, obviously, the, <laughs> there is a lot going on. There's so much going on, and there are uh, the guy who runs into the bathroom, and then the T-Rex eats him. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously that is really cool and awesome. And it still looks great. It, it looks incredible. It, they re-released it, like, what, last year in 3D or something? IMAX 3D. Yeah. Julie and I saw it together, and yeah. we were in awe of it. Yeah, I saw it in, in IMAX 3D, too, and it was just incredible. If if I felt like a... When did that movie come out, dude? 1993. Yeah, so Bam. I, I felt like it was 1993 again. And uh, <laughs> I was wearing a flannel wrapped around my waist. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and it's just such an awesome sequence, but one of the parts that really sticks out to me is when, after the T-Rex, like, flips over the Jeep, and they're, like, on the edge, and... Uh, on the edge of that that like pit, and they have to like r- like rappel down, and the the tr- the car is going. Yeah, they knock the car over the side. God, I hope everybody has seen Jurassic Park because I'm doing a <laughs> terrible job <laughs> describing. There's a car. There's this car, and it falls <laughs> over the side. I'm like I'm. It's like it's like 1993 three again, and, and I'm trying to explain this to my friends in the schoolyard. But uh, it's like so, such an unsophisticated way of telling this. But anyway, uh, everyone has seen Jurassic Park, and if you haven't, then shame sh- on you. Shame on you. Stop listening to the show Honestly, and go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> don't <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> go watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, like catch up on some things. That's not like something that's cool to not have seen. <laughs> you know, Jeez, like, that's like not cool. Yeah, you can literally not be considered cool until you've seen <laughs> Jurassic Park. So if you were walking around the school, the schoolyard, like, you know, puffing your chest out, <laughs> <laughs> thinking that thinking that you're cool, but you've never seen Jurassic Park, like, sorry, dude. You're not. Cool. You lost. You fucking lost. You're not cool. <laughs> and and if you're a chick walking around thinking you're pretty and you've never seen Jurassic Park, you're ugly. Guess uh, what? You're ugly. Your chest out. <laughs> yeah. You're puffing, not pretty. Puffing your chest out, walking on the schoolyard. You're yeah. Not, no one thinks you're pretty unless you've seen Jurassic Park. Yeah. And if you're like a jock and like you're captain of the football team, but you've never seen Jurassic Park, guess what? You're not captain of the football team. You're terrible at sports. Give up and get, uh, go home and hang yourself with a belt. Yep. Get get a load of this. Uh, if you're the smartest kid in your math class, no, and you ace every test and you think to yourself wow i'm a smart dude guess what you're not if you haven't seen jurassic park (laughs) and you actually flunked that's actually scientific i read that in health quarterly this month oh right i forgot about that article in health quarterly (laughs) you guys sound like a bunch of jeff foxworthies (laughs) (laughs) you know you're a redneck if you haven't seen jurassic park (laughs) if you go down to the taco bell you order yourself a chalupa you might not have seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> you know you haven't seen it. If you if you wear sweatpants to the mall, you have not seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> I see, if have I you... see you walking around the mall in sweatpants, I know you haven't seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> You're like telling me that. Have you ever heard Jeff Fox wear the BWK? That was him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like BWK. <laughs> no, no, no. That was him. He's in the room. He's been very quiet this whole time. <laughs> we, I've been holding it all inside. <laughs> we told him. We told him that he could. He could be on the show, but he would have to wait his turn. They right. told me to keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's my number two. Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> my number two is this Jeff Foxworthy. Out of fucking control. <laughs> um, my number two is the uh, the ending of The Dark Knight Rises. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. You want to argue with me? No, I don't, but okay. um, I will if you want to. Yeah, no. I have no problem. Let's do it. I have no problem. Round with one. I, I have no problem <laughs> with the, uh, the ending. Oh, you have no problem with the ending, but it's... Well, the part... The parts of the ending. So Matt put <sighs> The Dark Knight Rises on his list of worst movies. It was his, his number one. It was his number one of worst <laughs> movies ever. Jack and Jill is out there, yeah. and The Dark Knight Rises is your number one worst movie of all time. Yeah, he likes romantic comedies. Yeah. Did Jack and Jill get it on? <laughs> yeah, brother and sister getting it on. Getting it on. Beautiful. Hit it, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I stubbed my toe. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy is in the studio stubbing his toe. Yeah. This joke is out of control. <laughs> oh, man. Will you mind if I get myself a beer? <laughs> Bill Cosby. Sure, go, go ahead, Bill. <laughs> Just keep quiet along with Jeff Foxworthy. We have a couple of comedy legends sitting in the room. We're not allowing them to speak. <laughs> Just wondering if I could get myself a beer. <laughs> okay, uh, Deej, what's the scene? Um... Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises, uh, I hope you pick one I like. So I don't think it bullshit. What do you pick one? What do you mean well, one? There's only one ending to that movie. <laughs> it ends a bunch of times. Thank you, DJ. I was being sarcastic. Okay, There's one sp- ending. Spill it. What's the end? <laughs> well, it, um, so the ending pretty much: uh, Batman saves the city. He takes the bomb out of the city and it explodes over the. Well, what? You're already no, 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 no. It's just just, just look at me. Yeah, don't, don't, don't look at, don't look at me. <laughs> Okay. I'm listening. Um, so he takes the bomb out of the city and explodes over the ocean, saves the day. And saves the day, saves huh? The, oh. Unless you're a fish. <laughs> <laughs> what a heartless killer. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Batman is presumed dead, and that's it. And um, so. <laughs> God damn it, BWK. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so bruce wayne is batman so if batman is dead then bruce wayne is dead and uh he leaves his will Mm -hmm. and the ending sequence is uh a group of people reading off his will and they're distributing like you know the inheritance to everyone and it ties up loose ends like crazy it's i feel like it's the perfect ending for a movie but specifically i guess a comic book movie but um, I get chills every time I watch it. It was I I sat in um, my seat at the theater, uh, like for a couple of minutes after the movie was over, just to let it all soak in. And I thought it was a perfect ending. It tied up a lot of loose ends. I don't disagree. Thank you. I uh, disagree a lot. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Um, I liked it. I didn't feel like emotionally affected by it. It felt a little bit like a PowerPoint presentation. It was like, oh, and then this person's story ends this way, and this person's story ends that way. And, and you, you were saying, Dooley? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like they. It felt I like said, a, let's kiss. A PowerPoint presentation. It just felt like they did. It, they did it all like really fast. But I. And I everything was, was in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I wish people, uh, like listeners, could have seen your face when you were saying that. <laughs> I it was the thought most that was sure. going to kill. <laughs> it was the most sure thing ever. It worked I liked on it. two levels. <laughs> okay, but I but I liked it. I felt like it was a good end to the to the trilogy. I just uh, I felt like it it was like a little rushed. What but, don't you like, Matt? I, if I had to pick one thing I don't like from that ending, it is the way um, <laughs> stuck on the. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna know what the hell just happened. Um, My cord got stuck. The uh, the the part with. Um, What's his face uh, from Third Rock from the Sun? Uh, French Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to John, say French Stewart. John Lithgow. <laughs> no, I, no, 
The other guy. The Dan girl. <laughs> the girl. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes, uh, Gordon-Levitt guy. Uh, his his ending was the one that pissed me off the most. When they said he was Robin? No, I had no problem with that. It's it's what they left off with like him discovering the... Uh, the, the back cave. Really? The cave, yeah. I did not expect that to be when you were going to be so pissed about. Well, so let me well, let me just ask you what do you what was your uh, interpretation of that? Um, that Bruce Wayne faked his death, and he basically the way Chris Nolan uh, portrays Batman to me is more of a symbol than a man. Right. And it, it's basically Batman is supposed to inspire the people of Gotham, like the good people of Gotham, to you know do something about their city to save it. And you know, help it thrive. And uh, when he feels like he is done doing that, he uh, has to, you know, I guess fake his death and <laughs> just like move on. Yeah. But uh, becomes like a yeah. martyr, or like a like he becomes a bigger symbol by having done that. Right. right? But, yeah. Yeah. But what's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's part at the end? What do you think that was supposed to mean? Well, you can't get rid of the bad cave and everything that's in it, so you gotta give it to someone who you can trust. And so, are you, would you say that he is supposed to pick up as the new Batman, um, or something similar to Batman? I guess. I mean, yeah. That's my that's my problem. Why doesn't that happen in the book series? Except, n- except the only difference is that Batman was trained by the League of Shadows, a super elite. Uh, this is Ninja Force. very but was specific. Yeah. Was Robin though? In the comics, Batman trains all of his sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he they, they learn from Batman, who's like supposed to be the best. Arguably, he did. Arguably, he did in the movie. No, in the, no, he never does. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is a beat cop who then is now handed to. Am I supposed to believe that a beat cop can take the place of Batman? Mm-hmm. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's my that's, that's are, my are problem. Are you supposed to believe that a man can turn into a giant green monster? <laughs> totally different movie. <laughs> no, it's definitely in the same movie. The Hulk is the, in Batman. The one problem I did, <laughs> the one like problem I absolutely had with the ending of that movie was when they call um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Robin. When she's like, "Oh, you should use your real name, Robin." I well, didn't mind. That was no, a little like, like uh, pandering, right? I, but yeah. it's fine. I, I mean, feel like that was like a studio note. Like the studio was like, "Movie's great. I like everything." Quickly, uh, one thing I'd add is, can you put this voiceover of this girl saying like Robin? <laughs> you know, for whatever. It was, a, it was a tip off. It was a tip of the hat to the fans. That's yeah. all it was. It's not like you're, he's supposed to be Robin because Robin's real name isn't Robin. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I know. I just, I just had a problem yeah. with it. I mean, yeah. I could have done without it, but it doesn't bother me. Nothing but in no. that movie really bothers me. The thing is that the ending of that really does wrap up the trilogy pretty well. Yeah. I just like that Bruce Wayne gets a happy ending. Chris Nolan is the only one to give Bruce Wayne a happy ending. Yeah. And then, and then the last sequence is him, like in Florence. Florence, yeah, yeah. Right. sitting uh, at a table with Selena Kyle. Arr. Yeah, hubba hubba. Uh, but yeah, no. Catwoman, I thought was the best part of that movie. I also thought that. Not enough Michael Caine, but that's fine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine, but. Michael Caine. <laughs> Not enough of his Michael butt. Caine's butt. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, no. F- uh, fuck that Joseph Gordon-Levitt Batman riffraff. It doesn't make any sense. It makes almost no sense. Keep you, going. You didn't like Bane either. I, lo- I love Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. I loved most of his Bane uh, character. Mm-hmm. The only thing I did not like was the absence of the Venom serum. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a canon thing for Bane to have. But like for me, it's like an omission of like I'm doing my own thing from Chris Nolan. That's wonderful, and it's a liberty that I dis- I disagreed with. That's why I didn't like it. I uh, for me, that whole movie was made with that fight scene between um, right Batman and. The, the breaking is back scene. Oh, mm-hmm. I, that whole sequence, how there's no music, 
during the whole time, and it's just straight up fighting. It was such a, and it was like really dark because they're in the um, his like underground lair. Yeah, right. So good. That's a, that. that's a really great sequence. Uh, do you have uh, number two, a great sequence from? A I wish movie? that was it. <laughs> I wish that was it because that'd be a perfect transition. Yeah. But I couldn't be further from what we're talking about. <laughs> um, and my number two, it's from Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> An Amelie edit is from Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> when he's holding up those sides. <laughs> um, no, it's from uh, the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. when um, Space Amelie? <laughs> <laughs> Space Amelie. boy. <laughs> Whenever I have a pun, I look directly at DJ <laughs> for, approval. for approval of anything I'm about to say. There's yeah. been times I've made puns and then I've texted DJ what they were. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how important puns are to him, or at least to They do me. mean a lot, yeah. To uh, my approval of puns comes from DJ. Great, that's how I value myself. Anyway, so <laughs> 2001 is one of my favorite movies. So oh, really? Yeah. Is it ahead. really? Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm picking the scene where um, David is um, deconstructing Hal and like taking out his uh, memory chips. Oh, it's so, it's so, like powerful. I've never, part. I've never seen that movie in its entirety, but I've seen that scene a few times. That, it's that scene is worth lot. it. For for the whole movie, um, basically, I thought you were gonna pick the pod pod bay doors thing. I mean that uh, that part's awesome, but I think the scene where it's you know him, it just means so much when he's deconstructing Hal and um, taking him apart because there's a theme, a running theme in that movie of um, man like using tools to get ahead, and then the tool kind of overcomes oh, the man. Oh, that's and, brilliant. Um, <laughs> I never put that together. <laughs> and I read the book and everything. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, you know, that's what... Such good there, there's so many There's so many ways you can interpret that movie because it's just one of those movies. But, um, yeah, basically, there's, like, a talking computer that is running their spaceship. They're on a space mission um, in the latter half of the movie. And, um, basically... Um, the computer thinks that the humans on the spaceship are in jeopardy of like interrupting the mission. So it, um, like the, the, the main character, David has to leave the ship to go on like a mission. When he comes back, the computer will not let him back in and basically just leaves him to die. Um, he eventually gets back in and he goes into like the control panel of the computer and starts taking out all of his Ram and meanwhile, the computer's talking in like a robot voice and like pretty much begging him not to um, not to take him apart. And the line that he says over and over again that freaks me out <laughs> is when he's like, he's taking out his RAM and he's saying, stop it. I can feel it. I can feel it. And it <laughs> makes me feel so weird. Like gives <laughs> me goosebumps. I know what you mean because it's, it's just the way that it sounds. Yeah, it sounds really creepy. They, yeah. like, they distort it as he's like taking it out. Yeah, his like voice starts to get lower and lower. And uh, he gets down to, like, pretty much, like, the source code of this computer. And, um, like, the one thing that he can memorize, he's like, I was developed in, you know, California by Dr. Whatever. And he's, like, just pretty much just saying, like, whatever probably was first programmed into him. And he starts singing this song. But his voice, like, gets deeper and deeper. And he's singing that Daisy song. And it's uh, just so creepy. Yeah. One One of my favorite things ever. One thing I, I always say about that, that scene, like I said, I haven't seen the movie, and it, this could be throughout the movie, but I've seen that scene. Like I said, um, you can hear the silence in that movie. Yeah, you can hear David breathing. It's eerie. That it's it makes everything so tense. Mm. 
It's oh, it's re- it's a really cool use of no sound. <laughs> like that plot, that movie is very strange in the sense that it doesn't really follow. It's very episodic. Like that part of the movie is like the last maybe quarter of the movie. Um, the rest is it's very arty. It's a good movie, but that final scene is very arty. The thing that movie is known most for. The thing that movie is most known for is it's a. Uh, is like it's sequence like space sequences with like um or like orchestral music behind it and stuff mm-hmm. and uh I think that that's like the most boring part of those movies. Sometimes it goes on for like six minutes, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my god!" All right. No. It was seriously like yeah, there's scenes that go on for minutes at a time. Um, and at the time, it's you know, it was like a technological achievement. It Some still looks effects. amazing. It's, it looks incredible. There's a scene where uh, David is like running um around like a circular room. And he's run. He's running, and the camera is like showing that the room is like a circle, and uh, it. I don't know how they filmed it. Like mm. it doesn't make any sense the way that the room like rotates around him because he's he must have been like on a treadmill and they had like the room set up to like rotate around. Anyway, it's like so impressive looking, and to the to this day, all the, I think all the special effects hold up really well. Yeah, totally. There's not one part of that movie that looks fake. It's pretty mm. ahead of its time. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that final scene. It's if. It's worth watching that movie just for that final scene. It's awesome. It's a good one. Yeah, great number two. Number three. Matt? Uh, my number two, uh, I think I, I've talked about this movie before on the show, and I think I've talked about this scene, but, man, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and it's the, uh, it's from The Ring, and it's when Samara comes out of the TV. Oh, that's yeah. my honorable mention. Well, that's my Son number two. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so suck on that. <laughs> okay, so explain it to people. Uh, the movie, uh, the uh, movie The Ring is an adaptation from a Japanese movie called Ringu, uh, essentially, it's about a, um, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know if it's like a curse or something, but there's like a, there's a ghost or a ghoul or a monster or something like that called Samara. And um, there's this videotape that goes around. Do I really need to explain the premise of the ring? No. No, I don't think you so. You could do it in one sentence. There's this videotape that if you If you watch, watch it, it you seven die. days, you die. And you die because this uh, creature, Samara, uh, will scare you to death. Uh, and so they put this tape in. And uh, one of the scenes, the tape is on, and this guy's watching the video. And you never really see, throughout the entire movie, you never really see what happens during the killing. You just see the aftermath of the killing. Mm -hmm. So you never know exactly what happens. So it's like, oh, whatever. So then... uh, And at this point in the movie, you think that the curse is is fixed. Right. It's all done. done. Yeah, you think it's it's all been resolved. So this guy watches the tape, and... um, Eventually, it pops up under the scene where there's a well, and then Samara starts crawling. It's a, this is all on a, you're watching a, t- a TV on the TV, and Samara crawls out of the well on the TV, and you're like, "Oh, that's scary! Like I'm scared." And then she starts walking towards like the camera on the TV, and then she gets close enough, you know, very close to it, and then she like puts her hands through the TV and starts like eerily crawling out of the TV, and like. When she started to emerge from the TV, I fucking lost my <laughs> mind. My heart just stopped beating. I died for a minute, and then I came back, and she was still there, and it was awful. I fucking, I, it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life. When she puts her hands through the TV, it like goes through, and her hands are like soaking wet, and they become like real, and it's no longer grainy, right? Because it's grainy when you're looking at it on the TV, and they become like real hands as as she like Ooh. steps out, and she like puts both hands on the ground, and then pulls her legs up through, right? And uh, like literally like crawls out, and then she stands up. It is so perfect. It is. It is. 
I will argue that that, is, that movie is one of the most frightening movies of all time. I, I actually had a really awesome movie-going experience seeing that. I started on opening night, and I think that like kind of nobody expected it to be what it turned out to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and there were, peop- there were people leaving the theater. So it was a sold-out house, and probably like 15 people left during the movie. It was that bad, huh? No, I think they were leaving because it was scary. Because there were oh. like really scary moments and stuff that people were leaving. And uh, when Samara climbed out of the TV, there the audience went berserk, like screaming. Wow! I, you, you never like really hear, like. I mean, sometimes you go to a movie and you hear like somebody in the background be like, ah, or yeah, something like that. But th- that's like as bad <laughs> as it gets. It, the whole audience was like completely screaming. And I remember the, the <laughs> kind of obnoxious. <laughs> I know it was really, it was really awesome actually, and I, I think about it all the time. There was a <laughs> there was a a girl who was like two or three seats rows ahead of me, and she got up and jumped over the back of her chair, and like in, like ended up in the row behind her because she was like so scared. She like it literally like knocked her out of her seat. <laughs> wow! And then people were like like uh, two people were running up the aisles out of the theater. <laughs> when oh, after Samara climbed out the thing, it was like mayhem. it was like in a in mayhem. Like if a movie was showing you like mayhem in a theater, that's how <laughs> they would do it. Wow! <laughs> I saw it in real life. It was so impressive. Yeah, it's but uh, that's one of the. Oh, I still think about it. I, it's not that it scares me now, but I can remember how I felt when I first saw it. That mm. it still like kind of gets to me. Oh, it's wow. still effective though. Yeah, uh, you've seen the movie, right, DJ? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's f- the, the closet scene scared me more than anything, though. That one, well, here's the thing. So that first closet scene scared the crap out of me, but I also wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that's why. But by the time that la- that last scene happened, I was already terrified, yeah. and then it happened again. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> at least at first I started from, like, I'm normal to terrified, and the second time I was already terrified, and it just got way worse. So... That's it's awesome. A, it's a great scene. Phenomenal. Number two or number one? My number one. Numero uno. Your favorite movie moment. My movie favorite moment. movie moment. This is the one that jumped in my head the second we uh, thought of this topic. And um, you guys will not be shocked to hear. That it's the scene from, from Porky's when they're <laughs> looking into the girls' locker room. It's the scene uh, in Porky's when they're looking through the girls' oh, locker room. Yeah. yeah. Porky's. So hot. Yeah, it's a really hot scene. So. Bush. Yeah. Lots nice. of bush. Uh, no. Papa like. Can I guess? Well, you're going to get it. Can, well, can I guess a specific moment? Okay. All right, so it's from Up, right? It's from Up. Is it when uh, he's looking through that book? Uh, no. Oh. Can I guess? Okay. Is it the part where the dog says squirrel? Um, no. Can I also <laughs> guess? Yeah, you got one oh, guess. Oh, it's not weird. <laughs> uh, is it the part where um, the uh, bird eats the yep. cane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's the part where the bird eats the cane. Memorable. No, it's a... <laughs> it's the part at, uh, when um, Carl, the main character of Up, is like he's like standing outside of uh, Ellie's house and he's like holding up these signs and like, it's just, like <laughs> he's like playing a, a radio and the sign says like to me you're beautiful or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it's the first <laughs> it's the first ten minutes of that movie, the most effective ten, first ten minutes. Yeah, first the whole first ten minutes of that movie. Okay, I guess. What are you talking about? I don't know. It seems a little bit long for a moment. It's a moment. It's a like the opening sequence. Well, it's like a sequence. Yeah. Have you not I don't seen think Elf? It's ten no, minutes I have. Long. I don't think it's ten minutes long though. It's definitely not ten minutes. I think it just seems like it. Um, yeah. I, okay. Maybe I, didn't, I don't have it like recorded how much time it is. Maybe it's six minutes. Maybe it's. <laughs> That's maybe it's more like <laughs> it. I thought the Joker scene with the mob was 
10 minutes and then I watch it on YouTube, it's just about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is three minutes yeah. too then. But uh, anyway, the opening sequence of Up where you see the entire like life story of Ellie and Carl, mm-hmm. it is just so effective and so beautiful and uh, just the music and the imagery and stuff like that. It's just like such a great sequence. And I've talked about this movie so much on this podcast. I considered not adding this, but I was talking to my friend Keith and I'm like, I can't talk about Up again on this podcast, can I? And he's like, it's your top five favorite movie moments. And of course, it's going to make your list. Like, yeah. sorry, talk about Up again. Who cares? <laughs> so here I go. Uh, but anyway, so the um, it's just like a really great sequence. And uh, if it, I mean, you guys have all seen it. Yep. Yeah. I took my niece to see this movie. And uh, I was like, hey, let's go see uh, uh, this Pixar movie. It's going to be great because it's Pixar and they can't do anything wrong. And it'll be really fun and funny. And it's going to be great. And then the opening sequence, I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen. And, like, my <laughs> precious niece is here with me. And I'm like, kid, go, go get me some popcorn, kid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Can you believe that that was ten, like, well, maybe not even ten minutes, maybe six minutes of of an animated movie that you immediately connected to these characters and immediately understood. Underst- oh, <laughs> Matt, Matt just, like, really banged his head against the mic. <laughs> no, I was the, my arm pushed it down. I have to <laughs> crunch, scrunch down to talk right now. <laughs> just keep talking about the fucking movie while I fix this fucking son of a bitch. Don't look at me. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a really effective sequence where you immediately identify with the characters. You're immediately emotionally invested in it. What was your reaction to it the first time you saw it, Julie? It was very sad. But there's a little bit of relief when it exits that, like, sequence and then it shows him riding his like um chair down the stairs mm-hmm. and it gets stuck and it's almost like it's like the first laugh of the movie mm-hmm. really and it's like a little bit of release a little bit it's like tension that you can kind of release through laugh yeah it's hilarious how this guy is alone now can't <laughs> <laughs> even walk up the stairs needs yeah. a stair chair that's what, what he gets there's a part at the beginning <laughs> you deserved like, every minute of it I think that you guys maybe are uh, thinking that I'm talking about just the part where there's like the musical montage of like Ellie and Carl after they get married yeah. but uh, the part I'm talking about is literally the entire beginning so it shows like Carl uh, going to see that movie and then he meets Ellie in the house and they like join the adventure club together oh yeah okay so this is Act One of Up. Yeah, right. well, it's, only, it's only a few minutes. It's long. only the first half hour. Yeah. Right. <laughs> my first, my favorite movie moment is uh, the hour and twenty minutes of Up. <laughs> uh, no, but it's it's just a, it's just a beautiful sequence and, and uh and it's really good. And Matt, what was your first reaction to it? I was I was pretty shocked because uh, obviously, like anybody else, like I, uh, you're right. I became Im- like immediately emotionally invested in this character just because you saw like the complete up and then complete destruction of his you know his life um because he was so in love with ellie but i but i, but I, I couldn't believe like, it i think it's like really like beautiful the way that it tells the story and how like like carl's adventure in this pixar movie picks up after his most of his life is over right and it's uh like i mean that's the point of this movie is like you can still have adventures even like well into your life and uh you know every day is new and that whole like that whole thing um, but it's just, I don't know, I think it's really good. It's really brave. It's its so brave. Of no, it's I don't definitely think that was up. brave. It was up. It's definitely up. Okay. Even, even I was going to make that joke. Hey. <laughs> I think it's a really brave moment for Pixar to say, let's focus, uh, let's have our main character be an elderly man, and uh, let's focus the story around that, and then also let's like tell his whole life story in the first six minutes of this yeah, movie. Yeah, that was a pretty yeah. Toy Story thing to do. <laughs> 
So what's your... <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it's it's a really great uh, moment. It's one of my favorite movies. It's my favorite movie. Good uh, and I I love it. The first time I saw it in the theater, uh, I had the same reaction that you did to Milk, which I, I went with my friend Cody and we were watching it and I was just like fighting back tears so hard because yeah. I didn't want to be like bawling my eyes out sitting next to it. And, and I cry at like every movie I see. I'm like <laughs> the biggest movie wimp. Like if something's happy or even if I'm just like, I feel like I might be like proud of the people who made the movie. Like, <laughs> like Big that. Mama's House. Yeah. If, if, um, if Big Mama's House had like a really great moment in it, I'm like, oh man, they nailed it. I might cry at that. Out of, out of context, you made it sound like I was very moved by the drink milk. <laughs> no, from the movie. You know, you got that like milk. reaction to milk because you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> uh, but I was like fighting back tears so, so hard that. I had like a headache for the rest of the movie <laughs> because I was like my my body was like you know you have Confused. to do, you have to do this thing crying now you have to do that now and I stopped it from doing it so that it like punished me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, that's my number one. Did you get number one? Uh, my number one is something that I've talked about on the show before too, and it is the scene from The Jerk with Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters where they're singing a song on the beach. <laughs> you talked about it like three weeks ago. <laughs> I talk about it every day. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a that's a great pick. Yeah, uh, I've heard you sing the song before. You, you played it on ukulele and sang it, right? Oh, uh, I tried to. I'm like kind of learning the ukulele. Oh, I, I didn't definitely didn't sing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I heard it, so <laughs> <laughs> you I were think, drunk. Oh, we picked that when we did um, songs from movies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Also, my number one. I'm pretty sure. Oh. No, wait. It was it an uh, orgasmo. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what this is about. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely uh, number one. Um, but yeah, uh, The Jerk is one of my favorite movies ever. It's probably my favorite comedy ever. But th- that scene uh, of them just walking and playing the ukulele and singing this duet is so romantic and very touching. And I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Pussy. Oh, yeah? What? Tell us about Love Actually again, because that went over so well. <laughs> it's not my fault you didn't see it. You guys don't have hearts. Or signs. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you have signs? Are you bringing a sign to the movie? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. So. <laughs> the movie signs? Yeah, I actually really like signs. I also really like signs, too. That movie scares the shit out of me still. Yeah. I thought about that movie uh, and some scenes from that uh, to put on this list. Shit. I should, I'm going to... Fuck it. We'll go along later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk Honorable about it later. Mentions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about it before. There's, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I love that there's, uh, you know, it has heart, but it also has humor to it because at the end of the song, uh, Bernadette Peters plays a little trumpet solo, and yeah. it's really funny. I need to rewatch that. Yeah, yeah. I wish we could like put that song like here or something so that we could reference it, so, so people at home could hear it. Yeah, yeah I'll, well, I'll post. They could just look it up. Or I'll ma- post that they, too. if they're at home, yeah. <laughs> then they could just like pull it just up like on the get computer. Off your yeah. fucking ass <laughs> for a second. I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> let's fucking look it up. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what? It's not our fucking responsibility to put it up. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You know what? What the? F- hold me back. Hold me back I'll right hold, now. I'll hold no, you back, okay. buddy. I got you. Don't, don't. Can I do my number one? Yeah, he's. Good. What's the name <laughs> of that song? Uh, Tonight you belong to me. Beautiful. Uh, and the name of the song is a. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's the name of the song. Okay, go ahead. So tonight you belong to me from the jerk. Yes. Well, Great. his name's Steve Martin. So <laughs> go ahead. From so you this, don't have to be vulgar. vulgar. Yeah. This well, jerk's number one is the jerk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So my number one uh, movie moment um, is the uh, opening scene from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, that's a fucking good one. 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And Shit, that's a good one. Uh, uh, primarily the reveal when um, when they're both at the table in the kitchen and then the camera pans down through the floorboards to reveal a family of Jews hiding underneath the house. Yeah, that's, that's like when the tension really ramps up in it, that scene. When I first saw that, I put my hands over my mouth and I gasped in the movie theater. <laughs> I didn't expect it. I didn't know, like, the camera was coming down. I was like, what? Quentin Tarantino likes to show people's feet <laughs> a lot. So I was like, oh, here we go. Old Tarantino up to his old foot tricks again. And uh, the camera panned down past their feet through the floorboards. And I was like, what is he doing? And then it just showed a family of Jews with their hands, like, over their mouths trying to keep completely quiet. And it was so powerful i couldn't believe it the um their hands over their mouths you with your hands over your mouth yeah we were mirror images yeah uh, <laughs> I <know>. I, uh, <laughs> reflecting back at each other <laughs> that's that scene that scene is really really awesome that, like i remember one thing about that scene actually two things I'll, I'll mention uh i didn't understand what was going on at first and like but i was the acting was so good that i was just compelled to watch it regardless even though at first i was like what the fuck is going on yeah uh the only thing that kind of made me go eh was um, the part where he has he justifies and then explains why he's switching to English. That was the only thing that kind of like bothered me. Enough to a point where I can remember it like very specifically. He was just like he goes in German in, in uh, German French he was, French. He's uh he goes you, you ask me if the guy speaks English and he like nods and then just like okay. And then he was like does anyone do these people speak English? And he's like no, he goes okay, then I will switch to English. Me, you know, blah blah blah, and goes on about it. But I was oh, like, oh, I thought that was very clever. Yeah, I did yeah. too. It's a smart way for people to not have to read. Well, because at first, you know, the way he positioned it at first was, "Do you mind?" Uh, he's like, "I, I don't want to insult your language of French. Do you mind if I switch to, switch to English?" Um, because I don't want to. I've exhausted the extent of my French. So he's like, "Sure." So they start having this conversation in, in English, and then at the end, he finally like gets it out of him that. There he is sh- uh, harboring Jews underneath this house, and um and that part's so tense and like you can see the tears in his eyes when yeah. he finally admits to it and he goes and uh, he's like judging by the fact that I haven't heard any movement it's because they don't understand English and he nods and he's like great and he's like you're gonna follow my charade now and I'm gonna switch back to French I'm gonna act like everything's fine um and then he basically switches back to French and he calls in. Um, he calls in three Nazis and they come in and they start shooting up the floorboards. I know. It was something about it. I didn't, I just, it seemed a little forced really? when I watched it. Just I, th- I yeah. found that to be clever. Yeah. Um, but one part I love in that sequence too is the whole scene is built around tension. Yeah. And it's so unbelievably tense. And um, there's a small, like, chuckle in, in that scene where a little bit of that tension is kind of relieved. And that's where um, basically. Um, the man who he's interviewing to see if like he's harboring Jews um, asks if he can smoke his pipe, and he's like, oh, "Of course, it's your house. You know, you can smoke your pipe." So he starts smoking it, and um, he like asks him a question, and he's like definitely on to him that he's lying, and it's very tense. And then he just breaks, and he goes, "Do you mind if I smoke my pipe?" And he takes out this pipe that's fucking yeah. huge, like a <laughs> yeah. Sherlock Holmes pipe. Yeah. And it's like he just busts it out and starts smoking it, and it's just like a, a really quick giggle, and it's a way to almost break that tension for a moment, and then it gets right back into it. Until it's so ramp good. it back up. It's so good. It's the, the whole, that entire movie's great, but that first scene can't be beat. It's my, it's that's my a, favorite scene of all time. It's a great scene, yeah. Matt, what's your number one to close this out? 
My number one is from one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, my number one is from the movie Big Fish. Oh. I love Big Fish. Nice. I love it. And it is the scene where he uh, first sees the uh, female main character. What's her name? I, c- I can't remember what it is. It's Edward Bloom. And then what is her name? I forget. I can't remember. Anyway, so it's Spend a scene. the next minute uh, yeah, thinking so about it's, that. It's the scene specifically where he first lays eyes on her, and he's telling a story about how he first met his wife, and um, everything freezes. Mm. Every like, like, they're at a circus, and then everything freezes because it just times. He's explaining how time just stops when you lay eyes on the love of your life for the first time. And it's just, the imagery in it is so good because everything is frozen, and then he starts, except for him, and he starts walking towards uh, the female character. Sandra. Sandra. That's mm-hmm. right. Her name. Great timing. <laughs> her name is Sandra Templeton. That's what <laughs> it is. And her name was Sandra. Her <laughs> name was Sandra. <laughs> um, but that scene is, I, I can't, I love that movie, specifically for the imagery that is used. Tim Burton is a, a fucking visual genius. I love everything he does. And um, what is some of the imagery when it stopped? So when it stopped, so like I said, the, the, that scene takes place in a circus, circus because Edward Bloom is uh, currently working there, and um, there are people like juggling rings, and those all freeze, and uh, like somebody spills popcorn, and the popcorn freezes in the air, and like so he walks through these things, and like he steps through one of the rings that's frozen in midair, and then he's walking through the popcorn, and he just like just kind of puts his hand through it, and it all falls to the floor, but it's frozen in the air, and. Um, and she's just like standing there, and she's just so like, like pretty, and like just the light on her. She's like glowing, and he's just like mesmerized by it, and everything is just completely frozen. It's just like this moment That's in awesome. time. And then he's just like, he's like, now what they don't tell you is that speed has to go twice as fast afterward to catch up, and then everything just goes in fast time, <laughs> and then like she's gone. <laughs> he's like, ah. Uh. Um, but that move, that like, just. That whole thing where he just he she he she catches his eye and then everything just stops and it's at a circus and like I love the colors in the scene, I love um, just um, how ev- I just love the aesthetics of everything and it's like an old you know over the top circus and it's just it's fucking it's that's a, a really scene. cool sequence yeah it, it really is I haven't thought about it Good in a really pick. long time great pick the movie yeah. just makes me want to put white Christmas lights everywhere oh like um, Spectre yeah yeah just uh, that's because that's what I picture when. Uh, I picture that movie as him, you know, that exact scene, and there's white lights, and I, I feel like everyone, everyone's barefoot, right? No yeah. one wears shoes. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know, just that seems like such a fun party. Yeah, it's a great, great, uh, great little town of Spectre. But yeah. uh, I love that too. How they like it's supposed to be like heaven, but it's really not. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're on the list, but you're not due here for whatever. And he's like, until for this amount of time, he's like, I'm sorry, I took a different path. He's like, oh, he's like, that'll get you here. <laughs> he's like, whatever. For people who haven't seen Big Fish, that's a very confusing thing that you just <laughs> listen to. <laughs> eh, whatever. I don't care. I'm not here to explain movies to people. <laughs> uh, um, so that's our show. Anyway. Yeah. That's our show. Anybody honorable g- mentions? Honorable mentions. I got I got one. Uh, it's from the 2006 movie The Fall, which I'm sure no one's seen. It's the director, Tarsum, who did like The, uh, the Cell. <laughs> Uh, he's like a super <laughs> visual director, and he directed this movie called The Fall, which is uh, one of the most... like beautiful movies i've ever seen and there's a scene and it was basically the, uh just, just to be really quick about it it's a story this kid this guy breaks his back and while he's in the hospital he becomes friends with like this eight-year-old girl and he tells her this like fantasy story and the movie is the fantasy story that he's telling and uh kind of like princess bride 
Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end, he's like super depressed because he finds out he's never going to walk again. And he like takes it out on this eight-year-old girl and tells her that the story is fake and none of it's real. And she's like begging him to, to like take it back and stuff. And it's this super, super emotional sequence where he's like telling her that she's stupid and that, but he's like really just taking it out on her. Really awesome performances by Lee Pace, who plays the um, the guy with the broken back, and the eight what and J Lo and J Lo, yeah, no, and this eight year old girl. She is eight years old. She doesn't speak any English except for the lines that she learned from the from the movie, and she nails it. it oh man, it's such an awesome movie too. I need to watch that. Yeah, check out the Fall. It's it's the two thousand six movie, The Fall, because there's a bunch of movies called that. Okay. Uh, my honorable mention is the very well coordinated chase scene at the end of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Huh. Nice. I've never seen it. Oh, you should. It's my favorite Friday movie. Well, actually, Friday After Next is pretty good. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, Why'd Friday you get thir- off my roof? Yeah. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just a really cool, intense um, chase scene where Jason is chasing. Um, the female lead character through the woods and a lot of cool shots and it's well coordinated with you know people like each of them like running past each other and kind of thing it's really cool nice yeah huh. my honorable mention is the uh, first fight sequence in Kill Bill Volume 1 ooh, ooh so good. great one that's a good so one brutal. too I didn't I just didn't want to have I, w- I yeah Tarantino. I didn't want to put yeah too many Quentin Tarantino movies because I could do five of them we could do top five Quentin Tarantino moments yeah Probably could. Yeah, uh, Matt. Uh, yeah, Matt. Uh, my number, uh, my honorable mention I had was um, I, I I talked about this before too, but it's the uh, scene from Five Hundred Days of Summer, where it's the split screen. Uh, oh, scene that's where, awesome. Where he's telling you the story of, uh, in one side is what he expects to happen, and then the other side is what really happens. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. I've never seen it, but that sounds really. Oh, cool. really? It's yeah. super cool. It's, it's There's great. so many Vine videos like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you guys um, ever go on Vine? It's all like, yeah, what, it's, you, what your girlfriend thinks. It's really cool. <laughs> what your boyfriend thinks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's post when he breaks up with uh, Zoe Deschanel's character, and she invites him to a party like afterwards. And then so he's going over like... He, he, it's just a, It shows him going to the party, but it's, like I said, split screen. And like... One of them is fantasy and the other one's reality, and like they're just complete polar opposites. And it's just like it's really, it's a really cool thing to watch. Yeah, yeah one cool. scene he's like kissing her and stuff, and the other one he's like kind of just like standing by himself. Yeah, having very like minimal interactions with her. Right, the other one's like he's like the hit of the party, and everyone loves him, and yeah. he's just no one's paying attention to him at all. In the other one, it's really cool. If you haven't seen it, you should really see that. Yeah, it breaks off into some really cool animation in the middle of it too. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Wrap it up with a nice typo. Um, yeah, you can uh, check us out at facebook.com slash top five of death. And then uh, email us at top five of death at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, right? Gmail. Yeah. At top five of death on Twitter and at top five of death on Instagram. Post your lists. Should we get a Vine? No. <laughs> no. I, just because I, I don't want to do it. I can't upkeep it. Neither. I definitely can't either. Don't get a Vine. <laughs> Vine is bad. But uh, that is us, and uh, we will uh, catch you next time. Smell you later.